Welcome to your sanity safe space with your favorite YouTube podcast duo. Skag three, whoever he is. Saving the millennial generation in weekly installments. You are a terrific team on all counts. Live from a castle tower and his mother's basement, this is, is the Matt and Blonde Show. I'll lead an effective strategy to mobilize true and international over depression. <laughs> hey, why the fuck is the gas so hot, bitch? there's a lot at stake in these midterm elections from our economy to the safety of our streets it's all important but there's something else at stake democracy itself we're seeing an alarming number of republican officials who are saying they're being very clear they're not going to accept the results of these elections truth and facts and logic and reason and basic decency are on the ballot people I ever hear use the word inflation are journalists and economists. What they've done is they've taught people the word inflation, right? Whether our children will be arrested and conceivably killed, we're on the edge of a brutal authoritarian system. It takes time to count all legitimate ballots. Now it's important for citizens to be patient as well. That's how it's supposed to work. We're going to win this time around. We're going to keep the Senate, pick up a seat. I think you have a chance of winning the House. I doubt it. You are fake news. Shut up, bitch. Very fake news. That was four days ago, five days ago. Come on, man. Give me a little break here. You sound like a hysterical, bleeping, snowflake, lesbo bleep. Let's go, Brandon. All right, America, go to the YouTube right now. Big ups to Rebecca for keeping Matt woke. Congratulations to both of you. You're awesome. In five, four, I, I can't do it. We'll do it live. Fuck it. Hello and welcome to the show. It is a great show. It is a terrific show. It is a tremendous show. Frankly, the best you can ask anyone about that, people often do. This is the Matt and Blonde Show. My name is Matt Christensen. I'm flanked on my right, as always, by my wonderful co-host, Blonde. Welcome. Hello. Are you ready? No, no, not at all. What time did you wake up this morning? Uh, I actually woke up at my normal time feeling like the hour did not change at all. And you may be jealous to know. So did my infant son. It was as, it was as if daylight savings uh, never even happened. Why? Did it mess no. with you? No, thank God for daylight savings because I had to wake up at 4 a.m. this morning. Ah, for travel reasons. For travel reasons. Yeah. Yes. So I was at the Marine Corps ball this week. This weekend, it happened last night, um, and I did a lovely tour of California, and then I was in La Jolla, I'm like, let's get rich and move here, I love it here, blah, blah, <laughs> and then I went to Los Angeles with my daughter to like, you know, check it out and see what's going on, and it looks like the fucking barrios there, and I was like, I hope California burns to the ground, and then I came back today, and it, Idaho's looking pretty good. Your love of Coeur d'Alene has been restored now. Yeah, the I weather uh, in, in California, it's just unbeatable, though. Uh, it's not worth it for the communism, though. I'll take the winters. I know. Yeah. I was asking if you're ready for the freest, fairest, most popular election since 2020. We're right on the You should have been more specific. I thought you meant for the show, for yeah. today, for my life. Answers no to all of them. Am well, I ready for the freest, fairest election? Also, no. Ah, well, uh, I am. I have my official predictions. 
all squared oh, yeah. away. So we'll get to those <laughs> and we'll see how many days of vote counting it's going to take to find out if I'm correct or not. Uh, plus, we will find out if your children, my children, everyone's children will survive the horrors of, say, Speaker of the House Kevin McCarthy or, say, Senate Majority Leader Turtle Man. Or if they'll be lined up against the wall and executed as uh, a well-respected presidential historian predicts. <laughs> Plus, uh, Trump took a shot at Ron DeSantis at a, a pre-midterm uh, rally in Pennsylvania calling him, did you hear? I saw, yeah, Ron, it was pretty cute. D, Ron DeSanctimonious. I already almost messed it up because it's so difficult to say. Ron DeSanctimonious. The politics are getting criticized. I think the lame insult deserves some criticism. There's got to be something better than that. I kind of like it. Really? Well, yeah. we'll discuss. Run to sanctimonious. NBC uh, reports new, even more bizarre information about the Paul Pelosi attack on Friday and then de- immediately deleted the story yeah. saying that their source was unreliable. Meanwhile, the most reliable source or source is the 911 call, the body cam video, potential other video sources that have been confirmed. You can't see those. You can't hear those. We're going to go with unreliable anonymous sources say and then delete the story and then criticize you for asking questions about that because you're a conspiracy theorist. I know. Elon Musk starts firing people at Twitter and just within the last couple hours banned Kathy Griffin for impersonating him. The great debate is is this uh, hilarious vengeance or is the hope of Elon starting to crumble? And I don't mean that for the Kathy Griffin reason specifically. I mean that for the other things that happened this week, the, the ADL meeting the NAACP me- uh, meeting. Yeah. yeah. The, the cracks are starting I'm not to form anymore, if it's not yeah. already broken. Mm. I'm less hopeful than I was last week. Yeah. Before we get out of here, the Supreme Court hears college affirmative action cases. And I have a hoax hate triple play. And uh, we also have uh, the great escape for the movie review tonight. So stick around for that. We'll catch up with your super chats in between topics. Ten bucks and up on the Sunday show because we are no good. Low down money grabbers it will be all this and more in your favorite couple hours of listening material remember you can find everything show related and support the show for as little as a buck a month over on the website that is mattchristensenmedia.com we also have show merchandise for sale on the site plus we have offers from friendly listener owned businesses as well this week's feature business is our friends at western razor company everyone knows Whoops, let me do this right. Like <laughs> I said, knows, whoops. <laughs> everyone knows how many options there are out there for shaving products, but they all seem like they come with huge compromises. Most razors sold today are made in China by global conglomerates that hate you. Well, not anymore. I'm talking about the new high noon safety razor from Western Razor. Not only is it made in America, but it uses widely available double-edged razor blades that only cost pennies each. Safety razors were used by just about every man in America back in the 50s and 60s until the big razor companies figured out they could make more money selling disposables and signing you up for endless subscriptions. But the safety razor has always been the superior method. Made out of 100% metal in the USA, Western Razor's High Noon Razor is a fantastic way to buy American and actually save money long term. So get one today. You can get 10% off your entire order from Western Razor using promo code MAT10. That's 10% off at Western Razor. Promo code MAT10. 
Find everything you need from our friends at Western Razor, plus other great offers from the rest of our friendly listener-owned businesses like Hero Soap Company, Phoenix Ammunition, Sonoran Defense Technologies, and more. That's at mattchristensenmedia.com slash deals, deals by listeners, for listeners. I figured uh, given your adventures or misadventures today, maybe a disclaimer is in order because we'll probably be a little bit underprepared on maybe a few topics. Who is we? You are so prepared. (laughs) Well, uh, it sounds like the airlines threw an obstacle or two at you. So, yes. uh, For those of you that care, which none of you do, but I'm going to tell the story anyway, because I'm selfish. Um, So my luggage came in today and everything arrived except for the car seat that we needed to drive home. Um, I'm convinced this is because there are too many women employed in Delta Airlines but yeah, how does one piece of luggage, they came in on the same plane. You didn't, you didn't miss anything else. How did that happen? I don't know. Great but, story. Uh, Compelling and rich. I'm surprised they have anybody <laughs> employed at uh, Delta Airlines. <sighs> it was a nightmare. Yeah. And their advertising, it's just like queer guys kissing and people doing like fat black chicks doing sign language and stuff. It's like Delta <laughs> is the one that's going to have the minority female pilots, right? I don't know uh, which airline made that pledge. I forget. Maybe uh, John Fetterman will have a job as a Delta airline pilot when it's all said and done here. Who was it that said? Great. Someone just said, hell no, I wouldn't get on a plane if John Fetterman was the pilot. (laughs) Forget. Uh. Anyway. uh, All right. Let's um, let's hop right into it. uh, The news is. uh, Oh, no, let's not hop right into it. I have one more announcement. Yeah. Reminder. We will be live for election night before we start talking about election night here. Uh, live for election night, Tuesday, November 8th, 9 p.m. Eastern time. We are going to take calls like our usual Wednesday call-in show. At least we will take some calls and we'll use our usual Wednesday call-in show Discord server. The calls are going to be intermittent, though. So if you do decide to call in, please be patient. We will get to some calls. They won't be continuous like they usually would be on a Wednesday night, but we will take some of your thoughts and be advised. We're only talking election on, on Tuesday night. So if you want to talk about some of the more uh, interesting topics that tend to come up on Wednesday, we will save those for a future Wednesday stream election topics only please. And thank you. And uh, my friend Frank from quite frankly, will stop by around nine thirty PM Eastern time. I'm told he plans to simul stream as in he will join our show. We'll be live. Uh, we will also be live on his channel. Oh, if you would prefer to gotcha. catch, uh, catch the, the, uh, the segment over on Frank's uh, channel. That is also an option. And uh, as a reminder, no call in show on Wednesday because we're doing the election night stream. So call in show returns as normal on the 16th, Wednesday, the 16th will be live on election night, November 8th. Anyway, uh, the news is pretty much all midterm preview stuff, so I figure we should just get straight into it. Uh, so a suspicious package was sent to Kerry Lake headquarters today. What happened? Yeah, uh, the contents of which remain unknown, but Phoenix law enforcement has said that suspicious items were located in the mail. Asked specifically what was found, the police responded, the items were suspicious in nature and remained under investigation. Hmm. Our patrol units were there until 5 a.m. I don't know why they said that. They're like, we're on it, though. It's I, fine. I read white powder. Is that, at least that's what people were saying on Twitter. Is it anthrax? It's probably uh, but Yeah, it flour. says in here, a white powdery substance. Yeah, I mean, it, uh, yeah. that could be anything. But it's unconfirmed whether or not it is 
something truly dubious. Could be a terrorist attack, could be a drug delivery gone wrong. Who knows? Do you remember the anthrax scare? Uh, wasn't that post 9-11? We're talking like maybe early 2002? I think so. Some of that was actually anthrax, wasn't it? I can't remember. I, I barely remember it at all. I was, we were what? I think I was 13 or something. 14 yeah. maybe. Anyway, I think that this is probably nothing and I bet her own campaign did it. You think Carrie Lake hoax hated herself? I don't know. I mean, hmm. it's kind of good timing, right? <laughs> well, all I know is I look forward to, as happened with uh, uh, the the alleged attack on Katie Hobbs campaign headquarters a week back or two weeks back. That turned out to be an illegal, by the illegal way. Illegal immigrant. Yeah. When I did that video, his name was, you know, uh, Jose Taqueria or whatever, you know, yeah. and uh and I thought, what are the odds he's an illegal immigrant? But I didn't want to go there without knowledge. So I just left that. But you point. were right. You should have speculated. I wildly. should have because it turns out he was an illegal. Yeah, and uh, um, and they blamed Carrie Lake for that. So I look forward to Katie Hobbs and Democrats and other media allies coming forth to disavow this and own up to their own role in this unconscionable attack on Carrie Lake. It would be Lake. so and, easy to do, though. All you have to do, think about how many things are white powder. I don't know. I... I got five different kinds of white powder in my pantry right now. Carrie Lake doesn't strike me as the hoax hating type, but that's just gut yeah. gut feel. Sometimes your campaign uh, folk go rogue. Well, well, yeah, I guess it doesn't have to be her personally. It could be someone on her staff. I, I don't know. I don't think it's a I don't think it's a hoax hate. But if it is, then I'll I'll put it into the segment. We'll return to the story <laughs> before we get to uh, predictions for the actual election outcome, which may or may not be a silly exercise depending on the fortification. And as I said, how many days we have to wait to get the results anyway, but I will indulge. Uh, I notice that the, uh, the words are getting redefined or the terms are getting redefined, just like the recession that didn't happen because technically two quarters of GDP decline doesn't count as a recession. It's yeah. not a wave election unless you lose 40 or more seats. That's what it has to be. Uh, this according to, Former Senator Claire McCaskill on Meet the Press this morning. If anyone is indeed an expert in losing midterm elections, it would be Claire McCaskill getting the boot last time around uh, in 2018. But here's what she had to say about the technical definition of a wave election. And I think historically, to call it a wave, it would have to be the same size as Donald Trump lost mm -hmm. after his first two years in the presidency. We would have to lose more than 40 seats, yeah. more than 60 seats, for it not to be lining up with what happens historically. You know, inflation is really hard, but what most Americans don't get, this is global. This is not Joe right. Biden. We have some of the least inflation in the developed world. Mm. Did you know that murder is a global problem? <laughs> So sure, like Chicago is pretty bad, but, you know, what are you so concerned about here? There's way more right. murder in foreign shithole countries. You can gaslight people a lot on things that don't affect their day to day life, but this is going to be a harder sell for them. They're really it, trying. Joy Reid has an angle on this, too, that I'll get to in a minute. But you can't um, just act like people aren't spending more money at the pump, at the grocery store. Even dumb Democrats are like, uh, this is this is hitting me where it hurts. It's hard to lie to yourself. You're supposed to believe you've been propagandized into that pain. Yeah. But uh, but I hate this comparison to, oh, it's an international problem. Don't you know it's an international problem? Forgive me for wanting a country better than most. I'm yeah, sorry. really. I, I had this mistaken hope that America might be comparatively good to international <laughs> standards. But I guess we're going to live by the standards of, I don't know, North Africa or something. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. 
Okay. Uh, so we'll see. That's not actually an outlandish. She, she might have to eat her words on this or admit that it's a wave. As we'll get to the projection for a 40 seat pickup in the house. That's not really unthinkable. In fact, yeah. that that could quite easily happen. Um, but since uh, inflation and the rest of this stuff is um, the really global problems, like sure, you might be paying more, but it doesn't matter if you lived in France, it would be the same or worse. So who really cares that excuse coupled with uh there's not really a particular issue that Democrats can run strongly on. They try abortion, but I don't think people care as much about that as they had hoped people would. Uh, the narrative has become something to the effect of the issues themselves don't matter. And that might be a little bit of an exaggeration, but quite literally the, the president gave a speech uh, midweek on Wednesday in which he said the issues themselves are secondary because the democratic norms and institutions of the country itself are on the ballot. Democracy is on the ballot is the line that keeps getting repeated, which of course means vote Democrat or have your right to, to vote revoked forever yeah. for some reason. So Biden gives this speech on Wednesday, making this claim and saying that not just that democracy is on the ballot, but this point that I was referencing earlier, uh, you're, you should expect long delays in the vote count because that's the normal way that it all works now. We're not going to know the results for days, and uh, you should expect that. I know there's a lot at stake in these midterm elections, from our economy to the safety of our streets to our personal freedoms, the future of health care, Social Security, Medicare. It's all important. We'll have our differences. We'll have our difference of opinion. But there's something else at stake. Democracy itself Recent polls have shown that overwhelming majority of Americans believe our democracy is at risk. They, too, see that democracy is on the ballot this year. Make no mistake, democracy is on the ballot for all of us. That means in some cases we won't know the winner of the election for a few days until a few days after the election. It takes time to count all legitimate ballots. Now it's important for citizens to be patient as well. That's how it's supposed to work. You can't love your country only when you win. Hmm. Okay, they're really trying to prime us for this. It's not normal for it to take this long. They can do it in third world countries and they're not counting these manually by hand. They, they put them in machines that are like... The narrative, and to some extent it's true that, that in a lot of these states, uh, mail-in ballots that are postmarked on election day count and they might even be received after the fact. So yeah. there is some truth that the systems we've established do take longer to count. Uh, however, how many people are really waiting? We keep the whole premise from time magazine. We talked about this piece earlier. Well, Americans are casting their midterm ballots at record rates. So it's going to take yeah. forever to count them. Well, if the premise is that they come in late, so it takes a longer time to count them. If they're arriving way ahead of time in a lot of States, you can actually start counting them until the morning of election day. But if you got them all collected, then what's the difference? If I sent it in and it's sitting at the office, or if I went down and voted in person, you still count it the day of the election. I, I'm not mm -hmm. clear why this should result in such drastic differences, but that is what yep. they're priming us to believe. I love this line. Um, you can't love your country only if you win. But he's <laughs> saying you only love your country if you vote for him to win, or at least his party. Exactly, yeah. If I vote for you or if I vote against your party, I'm betraying democracy. I'm voting in yep. favor of the, the end yeah. of democracy, which strictly speaking... Uh, Democracy sucks. I want, I want a constitutional republic where my rights are protected. I don't want exactly. majority yeah. tyranny. So 
if you were asking me to vote on this democracy value, I would not vote in favor of majority tyranny in any context. Yeah. So I guess if you want to call me a democracy hater in my vote or something like that, maybe there's some truth to that, to that accusation, but there's truth to the accusation that that's the foundation of our country anyway. Uh, but this argument, oh, sure, you might care about the economy. You might care about your personal freedoms, lots of fun, fundamental things. But if you don't vote for us, the country won't exist as we know it. It's a totally credible argument the opposite direction. If we, yeah. if I, if you have a moment more in power, the country won't exist. It's debatable. Maybe you've done sufficient damage already for it not to exist as, as it formerly did, at least. Yeah. Uh, and it's just, just this argument is so weird too. Uh, the, the, as a pro-democracy argument, I suppose, vote for us or democracy ends. In other words, democracy only works or survives. If you vote how we tell you to vote, in other words, their control is actually more important than your vote. Right. How is it democratic if certain choices are illegitimate, I guess would be the question. That that doesn't actually value the people's choice as the highest value. It's just sort well, of Well, we shouldn't want the people's choice as the highest value. Well, it's it's So in that I agree. <laughs> it's it's a decision-making mechanism that can be of value, but but to your point, uh Voting to murder someone is not moral. It's not upholding that person's rights. It's not a good system. There are values that are higher than the vote itself. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it's so it's not it's not democratic if voters don't vote Democrat. That's the line, which uh, in ways itself is questioning the results, I suppose, at least ahead of time. But also they know that Republicans won't accept the results. Karine Jean-Pierre was discussing Biden's speech Uh, And she said Republicans have already decided that they are not going to accept the results. We're seeing an alarming number of Republican uh, Republican officials who are saying they're being very clear. uh, They're not going to accept the results of these elections. That's a problem. And yes, when we see what happened to uh, Paul Pelosi, what we're seeing is is a attack on our democracy. And the president has been very clear. We need to protect our democracy. We need to strengthen our democracy. They're they're still going with that. We'll get to the Paul Pelosi stuff later on. Uh, But. Yeah, so premise one, it's going to take many days to determine the results. Uh, and and then premise two, when the results do come out, the election deniers won't accept them. This is the narrative that's being crafted. Meanwhile, it was the president himself in January who said the midterm elections, these upcoming midterm elections could easily be illegitimate if Democrats failed to pass their federal takeover of election law. They didn't pass their federal takeover of election law. So following your own statements, this election could easily be illegitimate. You belong in the election denier club. <laughs> Biden's quote from January. The 2022 midterms could quote easily be illegitimate. The prospect of an illegitimate election is in direct proportion to us being able to get these reforms passed. And they didn't. Illegitimacy. Here we come, I guess. Did you, uh, it sounds like you had a busy weekend, so you may not have caught the all-star lineups that assembled. Uh, tell me which uh, Democrat dream team you prefer. Is it uh, Kamala Harris and Hillary Clinton joining Kathy Hochul in New York? Good God. Or Barack Obama and Joe Biden joining John Fetterman and uh, oh, Josh God. Shapiro. That's worse. Obama, Biden, Fetterman. 
or better for the lols, but that's, (laughs) I find that more offensive. Well, speaking of uh, offensive, and normally I I don't like to make such arguments, but you really should be, I suppose, offended by this. Here's uh, Obama taking the stage and, and he's saying it's not just democracy that's on the ballot. Uh, it's actually truth, facts, logic, and reason, all of which he and his party represent. Truth and facts and logic and reason and basic decency are on the ballot. Democracy itself is on the ballot. The stakes are high. <laughs> okay. It's so preposterous. It's like everything that comes out of their mouth is a lie. Uh, Yes, you could give several examples of uh, their battles with the truth that turned out unfortunate for them. But uh, but Fauci is the science, of course. He's declared himself that. Uh, I guess Obama and Biden are everything else. Your salvation itself is on the ballot. They're they're practically Jesus Christ stand ins at this point. Yeah. Uh, And and this is another interesting philosophical dilemma for them, because if these objective values are on the ballot and it's that crystal clear, the question becomes, why have the ballot at all? Why would you if if you knew that allowing a free vote was going to sacrifice truth, facts, logic, reason, everything? Why would you put those things up to a vote knowing they would all be lost? I guess what I'm saying is if you really buy this. Is it so hard to believe there might be some shenanigans in order to prevent the loss of truth, value, logic, and reason? Everything important in the entire world rests on making sure that the turtle man doesn't take control of the Senate again. They would never, ever do anything. They would never do any shenanigans. But also everything important in the entire world rests on this. That should frighten you because I I think that they, they really believe this. They have an ends justify the means attitude. Yeah whereby they're preserving democracy by destroying democracy. It's kind of hilarious, but I, but I do believe that, that they think for the most part that this is what they're doing. Well, there might be some encouragement that whether people believe it or not, they aren't interested enough to attend it in person. This particular event, pretty bad turnout. They cut off about half of this arena with a giant curtain. Then they closed off the upper levels by hanging uh, American flags to cover them up. I don't know what the numbers were at this Obama Biden Fetterman event, but it doesn't look very good. Uh, and if, if Obama is not bringing the crowds, Democrats really have nothing. That is their, I mean, he, he is their all-star. He is the biggest guy that they have outside of maybe his alleged wife. But he's been kind of out of the game for a while. I mean, he's been moving things behind the scenes, but um, do you think that, that like Gen Z Democrats are super interested in Obama? Wouldn't he be like a, a relic? of the democratic party to them are gen z really interested in the democratic party period I don't they know. like aoc i guess they do her, her bouncy tits and her shiny hair they love her i wonder is she a bigger draw than obama though i, I wonder for sure you for think gen so? z yeah well yeah, for so. that demographic maybe but overall i don't know anyway uh if you actually care about in the economy and inflation as we mentioned uh, well, it's not just that you you shouldn't. You should care about democracy. That's what they argue. It's that really these aren't issues at all. And it's not just because it's only an international issue. Um, and of course, it's not because your savings actually are being robbed. 
uh, while basic necessities cost a lot more than they used to. The reason you care about inflation is because Republicans have propagandized you into using that term. This according to Joy Reid over on MSNBC. The people I ever hear use the word inflation are journalists um, and economists, right? So that is not part of the normal lexicon of the way people talk. So it's interesting that Republicans are doing something they don't normally do, right? Which is not use the, com the common tongue, right? Not use just common English to sort of use do on their campaigns like they're doing with crime. But what they've done is they've taught people the word inflation, right? Yeah. Most people who would have never used that word ever in their lives are using it now because they've been taught it. They've been taught this word and they, they sort of wrap this word around whatever it is that they really want to vote. Okay. That is so outrageous. I think the average American doesn't know what inflation is. I hope she's wrong about that. Holy shit. I, I'm comfortable saying that she is. I, the only thing I could say is she might be right that inflation might not be the term. It might be. What the fuck? This is six bucks now. What the hell? This is 10 bucks now. They might just yeah. be, it might be more casual and vulgar than understanding the sophisticated variables that explain inflation. Dude, is that but, racist? Uh, you think she's being racist or what? Yeah. Does she think that like a bunch of black people and Mexicans don't understand inflation that they don't, they don't have a word for it. They're just like, Oh my, my swag is more expensive or whatever. <laughs> Yeah, the uh, for these people who claim to represent people of modest means, that is their entire appeal, supposedly inflation hurts people of modest means the most. They're going to struggle it, when when you're barely if you were barely making ends meet two years ago, three years ago, you are getting killed in this economy. You're making yeah. decisions between food, rent, health insurance, whatever vital expenses. And the idea that You've just been propagandized into believing that because you're too stupid to look at your own wallet or to do your own bills. That that is as elitist and uh, well, I don't know. That's just uh, that's that's as looking down on people as it gets, for lack of a better term. It's true, but it's also um, somewhat complimentary. She thinks that only a Republican could teach like a like a dumb black person what inflation is. Uh, yeah, I, I suppose it. Uh, Okay. Yeah. That that we're all such we're all such skilled propagandists. Yeah. There is a compliment there, I suppose. Uh, but that commentary may be downright sane compared to that of um well-respected presidential historian Michael Beschloss, I believe is how you say his name. Uh <laughs> it's not just that democracy is over, and it's not just that you vote for, for these people because you've been duped about inflation propaganda, Republicans are going to line your kids against the wall and execute them, at least potentially. That's what this guy says. But he says it with a polite demeanor, and he has presidential historian listed after his name. So this is supposed to be sane somehow. A historian 50 years from now, if historians are allowed to write in this country, and if there are still free publishing houses and a free press, which I'm not certain of, but if that is true, a historian will say what was at stake tonight and this week was the fact whether we will be a democracy in the future, whether our children will be arrested and conceivably killed. We're on the edge of a brutal authoritarian system, and it could be a week away. So is Biden going to allow this? Biden's going to be in power come uh, next week or the week after. Is he just 
well, my hands are tied. Congress said your kids are dead and I value democracy. So dead kids it is. Yeah. I don't know. Um, maybe. Wouldn't that be something? Wouldn't that be a twist? How? Well, I guess he really is committed to democracy under that hypothetical. <laughs> but having divided government with with the designed checks, that means your kids are going to be killed. Right. And, and it, there's something extra insulting about the people who quite literally do want to mutilate and kill kids in the form of gender reassignment surgery, late term abortion and other methods that they're mm -hmm. going to lecture you about the dangers of your kids being killed by by degenerate people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, it, it's hilarious. Uh, and, and that was uh, <laughs> that was I, I, I couldn't help myself. I shouldn't indulge so much in MSNBC reporting because you know what you're going to get there. But I just I like to indulge in the insanity a little bit. <laughs> so I couldn't help myself. There's just too many to pick from. This is the X factor in Election Day. You might have to worry about your dead kids and you might have been propagandized into believing about believing inflation is real. This is you're really in trouble if you're trans, if you're if you're trans, newly trans. You decided <laughs> yesterday, oh, wait, my gender that says I'm a man doesn't fit my new identity as a, a woman who is going to go vote to save our democracy. Yeah. So they don't put my kids up against the wall and execute them. If that's you, there are 200,000 of you, according to this reporting. Lots of people fit this description. Somehow new state voter ID laws, we've heard this for a long time. These are threats to voters of color because minority voters can't get IDs or something like that, or they have difficulty doing that. Uh, <laughs> the, the added bonus of the evil designers of these policies, it blocks trans people from voting in the masses. Transgender voters are concerned they might be blocked from casting their ballots. Yeah, that's because a growing number of states are enforcing stricter voter identification laws that disproportionately impact the community. Voter ID laws disproportionately Oof. impact trans people because trans people are more likely to have IDs without the name uh, that they go by and the gender marker that reflects how they present. What? Why would that matter? So if you let's let's say tomorrow I decide to be Madeline. Ugh. Have you <laughs> thought about this? That was really natural. And I, and I show up and uh, the poll worker says, uh, well, the state of Montana says you need to show ID to vote. And I say, well, that's great. Uh, however, my ID says Matthew, but I'm Madeline right? and I'm here to vote. And they say, well, you're this is an ID for Matthew. Who are you? I'm Madeline. Well, if that's not you, then you can't vote because you need to show ID. That's that's unfair. In other words, it's unfair if you show up in a costume with a different name that doesn't match your ID. Yeah, maybe, I can't show up to vote in blackface and expect them to be <laughs> not like, mm, I don't if know. If you show man. up as Dante in blackface, they'll say right this way. There's a hundred yeah, ballots really. for you to fill out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but in any other context, if you changed your identity like that, there probably should be some questions. Yeah. Right. Uh, why? Yeah. Uh, hateful bigotry. And I don't buy the numbers at all. 200,000 people are having their vote threatened. Come on. That's a made up number. We all know that's made up. Is that every trans person? How many trans people are in this country? And what are we calling trans? Well, th yeah, that's a fair question these days. Are we talking people who actually went through with it? Or are we talking people who just wore their Halloween costume a few days extra? They do this with every statistic, like rape statistics. They always talk about, they always include people that like got Brock turner I'm like, that doesn't really count. <laughs> it, it doesn't. You got to have P in the V for it to really count, right? 
you have to have your P turned into a V. Yeah. See? Yeah. We need to have actual standards. They do this with gun statistics too. Yeah, they're the, right. they just put didn't out Didn't you numbers. break that down in a video? Didn't like some kids, like a gun fell out of his locker and nobody was hurt oh, and they, they called that a school shooting or something? They do that with school shootings all the time. Yeah, that was, uh, they, uh, that was after Parkland because they were saying it's like the, the 170th school shooting this year. Some of them were gang shootings that happened school adjacent. Many, many. And, and one, the one you might be thinking of, they counted in an accidental discharge at a police academy where. OK, it, that doesn't fucking count. Doesn't yeah. count. An accidental discharge is not good in any environment. I'm not I don't mean to excuse that. However, it's it's kind of understandable in a police academy environment where yeah. I assume they're working with firearms. And that's also not a school. In the same way, Parkland is a school or something like that. Interesting. Anyway. So I'm, I'm sure they're including in, in the trans population people that are just cross-dressing, which doesn't count. They're, well, uh, how many are in the country? I think it's like something like 2 million is the statistic they claim. Where are they even getting this 200,000 then? There was a survey oh, oh, for that number. I don't know. They made that up. But anyway, just in case you aren't persuaded to uh, to vote Democrat, uh, and or you'll lose your vote forever, or they you know you'll have your kids killed, whatever. Consider the appeal of their TikTok dances. Uh, this is uh, well, both uh, Beto and Stacey Abrams, running for governor of Texas and Georgia, respectively, gave video dance performances this week. For a yellow bone, long hair, star, star, thick in the hips, come get in my car. I'm looking for a yellow bone, long hair, star, star, thick in the hips, come get in my car. Okay. To be fair, only those black people had a sense of rhythm. <laughs> Not Beto. No. Beto do, also, is he's doing... clearly straight. I've always wondered if maybe he was a homosexual, but that tells me that based on the dancing. Not. Yeah, he's got the Peter Strzok face. Remember Peter Strzok at the congressional testimony where he did that weird little elf man shake? Uh, Beto's got that kind of look on his face right there in that screenshot. Okay, this moves me to my official uh, prediction segment. Actually, I jumped one step ahead. I have to get to Biden's official prediction segment. Biden says Democrats are going to make gains in both houses. He feels Mm -hmm. very optimistic that after we wait for the nexus, uh, the necessary X amount of days, undisclosed amount of days to receive the vote total, Democrats are going to have nothing but congressional pickups. I know you always ask me how we doing. We're going to win this time around. I think I feel really good about our chances. I haven't been in all the House races, but I think we're going to keep the Senate, pick up a seat. I think we have a chance of winning the House. I don't think we're going to not win keeping the House. So I'm optimistic. I really am. Okay. We'll find out if that is uh, just political optimism or again, if, if they know a thing or two and he, (laughs) he has the results that we're, he knows we're going to deny a few days (laughs) from now. Anyway, uh, I'm going to operate as though the, this will be the freest, fairest, least fortified election of all time. And that everything is hunky dory and squared away. And uh, we're going to have a, Uh, The legitimate vote that Biden didn't promise us in January. (laughs) I'm going to entertain the possibility for fun. We we heard earlier that uh, Claire McCaskill uh, was saying that Republicans need to pick up at least 40 seats for it to count as a wave election. 
Well, that is, as I mentioned, entirely possible. Uh, as the polls stand now, according to Real Clear Politics, there are 227 safe or likely Republican seats. That's up from 212, uh, the current uh, number of seats for Republicans. That would be a 15-seat pickup. That is a virtual lock, according to the polling. Uh, and, and many races beyond that are just too close to project. So if you assume that, that Republicans get the benefit of the polling error, well, according to 538's analysis, that would be enough to give Republicans a 46-seat gain in the House, up to 259 seats. And it may sound like that's way too generous. Well, why would you give them the benefit of every single polling error in all of these seats? It is worth noting, according to the same 538 analysis, Republicans did about five points better than polls suggested in 2020. And Trump was a supposed liability on the ballot in that election. Mm. So it's entirely possible we see Republican overperformance beyond the overperformance in 2020. And if you assume the same overperformance, you're looking at a massive historic gain, 46 seats. And I don't I don't think that that's outside uh, any sort of uh, anything that's that's unlikely or anything that's too optimistic. So uh, my official prediction is Republicans pick up 40 and Claire McCaskill has to own the definition of a wave election once again. Do you have any uh, thoughts on the House? Sure don't. How am I even going to do this Tuesday stream? <laughs> this How is all bullshit. None of you guys should even care. <laughs> I know what I've been thinking about that. I'm like, uh, yeah, because I'm I'm just not invested in this on the micro level. I just I just don't really give a shit. Well, the important about- thing is that your hope, your remaining hope for the American Republic is shattered. That's your role in the Tuesday stream is you just get to sit there and sip your LaCroix as you get to do later in the Elon Musk segment. As I tried to defend his honor last week and then he threw his honor in the trash. I tried to prepare in earnest for what I believed was going to be a free and fair election. And, you know, when it when it when it when the pipes break and everyone goes home early on Tuesday night, you can sip your LaCroix with glee. Because I, I foolishly know. engaged in this exercise and it's it was all sad, though. a waste of time. Uh, okay, how about the Senate? The Senate do anything for you? No, I don't. I don't give a shit. Well, here's, here are my thoughts on the Senate. In recent weeks, uh, polling, of course, has looked much better for Republicans in several Senate races. So uh, I'm going to talk about Nevada, Arizona, Georgia, and Pennsylvania because those are the, the four that I think are, are possible flips, but I'm not going to declare them all flips. So Nevada incumbent Democrat Senator Catherine Cortez Masto has fallen behind Republican challenger Adam Laxalt up. uh, He's up 2.5 points in the real clear politics polling average. My prediction Republican flip for Nevada, which uh, is pretty surprising. Actually, Nevada Mm -hmm. seemed like it was trending blue or has. I mean, it's not seemed like it has trended blue for some time now, but the polling shows otherwise recently in Arizona. Incumbent Democrat Mark Kelly leads Republican challenger Blake Masters by a point in the polling average, but I'm going to give that one to, to uh, I'm going to count on Carrie Lake to carry Blake Masters in that race. Carrie Lake is crushing Katie Hobbs in the polling. I think there's a lot of enthusiasm behind Carrie Lake. I think Carrie Lake is going to pull Blake Masters over uh, Mark Kelly. So I'm she counting. She's exceptionally well-spoken. She's great. Yeah, she's a she's a gifted politician. We'll see if she sticks to her. Did you hear this response that she gave to Brian Sicknick's mother? Oh, shit. No. What did she say? Um, It was gentle, but stern. It was like 
if I could sit and think for a week how to answer this and she just did it right off the cuff it was just like perfect like she has a it was a response a, to what was she attacked Brian by? Sicknick's mother attacked her in some way I don't know I heard it huh. on Dan Bongino or some other constitutional conservative channel um, but but just the way that she had she's so diplomatic she's got a Candace Owens quality I can't quite put my finger on like fiery but diplomatic hmm. Fire, fiery veneer. but mostly peaceful yeah yeah, I like it. So I think that she's going to uh, pull Blake Masters uh, to victory in Arizona. In Georgia, incumbent Democrat Raphael Warnock has fallen behind Republican challenger Herschel Walker by a half point in the polling average. I think that one will probably go to runoff. Remember in uh, Georgia, if nobody clips 50%, it goes to runoff like it did last time in 2020. And we had two Georgia runoffs in December. Remember that? This all sounds vaguely familiar. And then Trump said, don't vote. It's a joke. And then, <laughs> and then uh, the two of the, the two Democrats won. And whether that was due to Trump's influence or, you know, people have other accusations. The Democrats won both of those races. I think uh, this will go to runoff again. I think you will see Walker prevail, though. So I'm going to put that one in the Republican flip category, okay. although it may take until next month to be resolved. And actually, maybe all of these will take until next month to be resolved. But in Pennsylvania, Republican Dr. Oz has also taken a one point lead over John Fetterman after that disastrous Mm. debate. Big Dr. Oz push in the last week or two. Now, using all of my other methods, which would assume which would assume a polling error benefit for the Republicans. This should be another flip. But as I've said, clown world compels a Fetterman win. So I'm giving this one to Fetterman. I am leaving Fetterman or uh, Pennsylvania blue for Fetterman. But do you believe in signs? Because Uh, Fetterman, you you, you take no poetic or metaphorical value out of this scene. Sure don't. Fetterman was speaking with Obama over the weekend, as we discussed. And this was an outdoor event and a gust of wind took out all of the American flags behind him. Pennsylvania. <laughs> the best part about this is he didn't even realize what happened. Yeah, just carry on. Those flags got knocked down again. Did it got knocked down? Did someone put them back up again? He needs hey. to play the song. It was actually worse than that, though. Did you see the second angle of what happened? No. Yeah, this is pretty rough. I guess the flags did get back up again in oh, Fetterman man. campaign form. Can you imagine being a grown man that has to wear hoodies all the time? Hey, don't knock hoodies, man. I am a grown man who wears hoodies all the time. Who has to. You choose to. You make career choices where it's fine for you to be okay. in a hoodie all the time. I guess that uh, man needs to be in a suit. But there was some viral clip on Twitter. I forgot to save it for the show. Someone posted a video saying, I called out John Fetterman for being the lump neck traitor that he is or something. <laughs> <laughs> lump neck. I'm sure his wife well, loves his lumpy neck. Ooh. Okay. So there. in all the other Senate races, I'm going to predict hold. So Republicans hold Ohio, Wisconsin, North Carolina, Democrats hold Colorado. New Hampshire is very close. I'm going to give New Hampshire to Democrats, but it's totally possible that flips too. That would make my official Senate map. Republicans plus two, 52 seat uh, Republican majority in the Senate. 
And uh, actually, my my prediction is one seat more conservative than the real clear politics projection at this point. And mm. as of a few hours ago, it was two seats more conservative. Uh, they had they currently have real clear politics currently has 53 seats for Republicans. They put Pennsylvania in the red column in their projection until earlier today, just a few hours ago. They had New Hampshire red as well. They flipped it back to blue. But it was at a 54 seat projection, Republicans in the Senate, according to real clear politics uh, projection. Interesting. So does that do anything for you? The prospect of uh, return to the uh, Senate majority leader office for Mitch McConnell? Can't wait. No. <laughs> there are also. How many times do I have to tell you? Checked out. There Checked are also out. Governors. This is, oh. the, this is the last. <laughs> this is the last. Of all the people that might have power, though, this this is probably the one I'm most interested in. Yeah, it does. It does matter. I mean, state politics certainly do matter. Uh, and we we do need. If only we had had governors with balls in every state two years ago, a lot of this bullshit never would have been imposed on us. Yeah. My official governor's prediction map is plus two for Republicans. Likewise, technically plus three because because of Alaska. I don't know what's okay. going on in Alaska. I think I, I it was whatever uh, plus two and Alaska's going red too. That's what I'm going to call it. I don't, I, there's some ambiguity on my end as to whether Alaska counts as a flip. It's just, they didn't have it. They have something going on up there. It wasn't a Democrat before, so it's not a plus it's on a pickup plus two Alaska goes red. Uh, I have um, Republicans picking up Nevada again, where Sheriff Lombardo from Clark County is challenging incumbent Democrat, Steve Sisolak current polling averages have Lombardo up to an half. So Nevada will be a Republican flip my wild card, crazy pick for the night. Maybe you've already seen it on the screen. I'm going to say Republicans pick up the governor's office in Oregon. Yes, that sounds what? crazy. Crazy loony Kate Brown is on the way out. And the race is between Democrat Tina Kotek, Republican Christine Drazen or Drazen and independent Betsy Johnson. Real clear politics polling average is dead even between Kotek and Drazen. Uh, the Democrat and the Republican. The X factor in that race is going to be this independent candidate, Betsy Johnson in some polls pulling as much as 10%. Mm. So from what I gather about her politics, she's one of those uh, kind of all over libertarian types. She talks about free markets. Seems like she's mostly anti Corona tyranny, for example, but she's also pro choice to the extent that she wants no abortion restrictions in her state whatsoever. So I could what see a weird her weird combination. I can see her pulling support from either major party uh, and and all the other governor races I have as holds. So I think Democrats are going to hold on to a lot of these other contested races. Unfortunately, I think Hochul hangs on in New York. Yeah. Whitmer in Michigan. The polling looks pretty good for her. Minnesota, although that's more competitive than it should be. Looks like Walls is going to hang on. Wisconsin. Boney Tony, I think. Uh, or wait, no. Who did this map? I'm an idiot. Did I have, uh, do I have three? I have Wisconsin is red on this map. I don't even know my own map. <laughs> okay. Wisconsin's a flip. Never mind. Screw you, Boney Tony. Uh, Republicans hold. So, so I'll have to check back on what mistake I made on in Wisconsin on this map. But in general, I think it'll just be a plus two. So that's all the predictions I have. Don't worry. No more uh, polling citations or other boring nonsense. Do you have any thoughts on uh, predictions or what to expect out of these races? 
No. No. What I'm am I going to do just, on Tuesday? What am I going to do? We're going to. I don't know what's going on. And what's worse, I cannot find the motivation to find out because I don't care. We're going to freestyle it. We're going to. Mm. We're going to have uh, callers call in. We're going to have Frank join. Uh, I've also tentatively recruited my wife to be breaking news monitor because oh, yeah? I figure like I don't do a lot of totally freestyle. The call in show is a totally freestyle stream. That's but this true. is going to be a news-driven freestyle stream, which I really don't do. And I figure it's better to have someone refreshing Twitter and monitoring the news feed for me rather than me doing that while trying to host a show. Because I feel like that's probably a, a recipe for bad. So well, I'm uh, glad somebody's doing it. <laughs> so I'm gonna have uh, I'm gonna have her be news monitor. Anyway, uh, the other big news out of the midterm campaigning over the weekend is that Trump was rallying in Pennsylvania to support Dr. Oz. And at one point in his speech, he was looking at polling data to show he's far ahead of um, prospective 2024 Republican presidential primary challengers. And he was reading off these numbers. And Trump took a shot at Florida Governor Ron DeSantis with a new nickname, Ron DeSanctimonious. Trump at 71, Ron DeSanctimonious at 10 percent. Mike Pence at seven. Oh, Mike's doing better than I thought. <laughs> uh, sources inform me that the poll data he's reading there, uh, that's months old polling data, but I wasn't able to track down the actual poll, so I can't confirm. But that's what people were saying on Twitter, at least. Now, uh, well, you, you thought I have some thoughts on this, but you said you you like this nickname or you, yeah, you think it's funny. He is a little bit sanctimonious. Huh? But uh, it does um, tell us the direction Trump is going to take this, which is he's going into peak 2016 attack mode. I don't even have a problem. Uh, I don't necessarily have a problem with that. There, it does seem like he and uh, DeSantis are on a crash course. Unless DeSantis sure. yeah. bends the knee and decides he maybe wants to be a running mate or he wants to bow out until, quote unquote, his time. At, at some level, like... in. <sighs> In general, in a general timeline, I get it. That's Trump. Everyone who possibly crosses him or is his opponent, he makes a, a nickname for. I, I don't think this is going to meaningfully yeah. change any outcome on Tuesday. Ron DeSantis is well ahead in Florida. But it's I don't, part of his branding. I don't, I don't know that he's trying to sway sway the votes as much as he well, is trying to prepare himself for the future crash course. Whatever he's trying to do, the timing of this is frankly moronic. And it is putting personal politics ahead of the task at hand. And that's not the move. Uh, I, I don't have a problem with him going knives out in pursuit of his reelection if that's what he wants to do. But time and place, I suppose. There's no, yeah. There is no benefit to doing it this weekend. The whole point of this weekend is to do as well as you can in the midterm elections. This does nothing but harm. There's no benefit to, to what he's doing. Uh, for himself, for Ron DeSantis, for anybody, the only possible beneficiary. And again, I don't think this is going to change a ton, but the only people who could benefit would be Democrats from this sort of commentary yeah. and infighting. Yep. And even beyond that, my dispute with the political strategy of it, it is just an incredibly lame nickname. <laughs> Ron DeSanctimonious. Yeah, I had right. to I had to Google sanctimonious to remind myself what it even means, because it's it's not that's not a word that you use commonly. I don't yeah. even understand how it really applies to Ron DeSantis. I don't really think of Ron DeSantis as that kind of like 
morally superior, better than you kind of guy. I don't really get that vibe. He's like him. a little up his own ass, but not everybody like get likes to get down in the dirt like Trump. Hmm. That's what Trump's trying to do, though. He's trying to get DeSantis to like fight dirty. When you call somebody uppity or like posh or what other synonyms for sanctimonious are there? It, it, it's an incentive for them to like play with you, hmm. you know? Well, there is uh, to give the other side of the story, because there is another side to the story. Uh, or a reason why this is happening. This is an explanation from uh, People's Pundit Rich Barris on Twitter. Barris says several sources speaking with him are telling him that DeSantis is currently organizing with Kevin McCarthy, Paul Ryan, and some other anti-Trump forces to launch a run. This, of course, after Trump helped DeSantis win the governor's office in 2018. Barris says these anti-Trumpers are grooming DeSantis because they believe he's the best chance to foil another Trump presidency. If DeSantis chooses not to play ball with them, Barris says their next target is Glenn Youngkin, the newly elected governor of Virginia. So I I wouldn't be shocked to learn that at all, that there are sort of uh, rabid anti-Trump forces who want to sort of hijack DeSantis for their purposes of sinking Trump. And I... um. Yeah, I think that there are a lot of people who can obviously there are a lot of people who can support DeSantis in principle. I think he's done uh, a a good job as Florida governor and uh, he's a politician I could I could probably support. Um, But I wouldn't be at all surprised to learn that people who are rabidly anti-Trump just view him as a weapon for that purpose and not for the principles that he represents. What principles are those? Well, freedom first, respecting your rights, not being knee jerk. And I know he wasn't perfect on Corona, but he was better than most governors. So I will give him that. He's still standing behind the vaccine. He didn't force it on anybody though, or try to. That's true. But I'd like him to come out and be like, that was the biggest mistake I've ever made. <laughs> and then I would well, not even Trump's going to do that. Trump calls it, you know, one of his greatest accomplishments. I know Operation it's really annoying. Speed. At least at, at, we can compromise and you can stop talking about it. How hmm. about that? So uh, I, I, I would uh, I guess what I'm saying is it's not crazy to think that Trump has some reason beyond his natural tendencies to go after DeSantis, that there's something going on behind the scenes to prompt that. Mm-hmm. That said, man, uh, just I, I think I think the timing of this was pure foolishness, but I don't think it's going to change Tuesday's results much at all. Yeah. All right. Uh we are at the top of the hour. I definitely want to get into the Paul Pelosi stuff because it keeps getting weirder, but that's going to take a block of time. So it would be a good time to take a break and catch up with our chatters. Sure. All right. We've got Daniel Kunkel. I'd like to thank the Atlantic for their ridiculous request for amnesty over Wu flu tyranny right before an election. My answer is hell no. And requesting amnesty is an admission of guilt. In my opinion, it's really weird seeing Emily Oster, um, become this political figure because it's just not how I ever thought of her. I'm not familiar with her history prior, but I've heard people I respect say positive things about her. So she, maybe she's not a complete crazy, but it doesn't matter because COVID is the litmus test for stupidity, Hmm. but her book got me through my pregnancy. So I have mixed feelings about her, but what she's asking for in this amnesty article is unreasonable. Not to mention she still like touts the MRNA vaccines effectiveness and Hmm. she doesn't really admit to any guilt. I'm not, well, I'm, there's no amnesty with these people. Fuck these people. She definitely does admit to some guilt, but not, not on the efficacy. All of the she MRA. says is that the, the shutting down of schools was a bad decision, but she still advocates for childhood vaccination with the MRNA. Yeah. 
Well, and she like, said what, it was ridiculous when my young child uh, yelled at someone to socially distance on the hiking trail. <laughs> she owned up to that mistake. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So she must be insane. Robin D. Banks, everyone this week, go out and vote. Vote, you sons of bitches. Even if you think there's fraud or fortifications, if we all do our part, we can make Matt and Blonde watch Brokeback Mountain. <laughs> vote. <laughs> the the time has passed. You'll have to wait until it is nominated once again. Robin D. Banks uh, at Knuckle Hunky Buck. Let me tell you about this one time. Robin and I totally did it. It was the best five minutes of my life. She's totally my waifu. Me, lol, who even are you, dude? The drama continues. The oh, no. super chat romance. I bought pan, breaking my vow of silence to throw a snappy salute to all the veterans out there and to the families and friends that support them. Thank you so much. Thank I'm you, really I bought. That. Despite your unwelcome we commentary you. this You're time. You're very special. Esoteric Unbound. Happy Veterans Day, by the way. Coming up on Friday. Uh, Happy Veterans Day to all veterans. Just remember that a lie can travel halfway around the world before the truth can put its boots on or Paul Pelosi can get his pants on, whichever (laughs) happens to take longer. Ayo. Well, now that's disputed, too, or at least uh, David DePap. And I guess that's his name, DePap. I'm going with that now. David DePap, I guess, was wearing more than underwear now, Uh they're saying. We That's all heard changed. The, we, all, we all know what's up. Michael oh, Schlecht. Yeah. How did Kathy Hochul say? What did Kathy Hochul say, rather? When she lost the elections. Damn. That's a deep cut. Do you get that? No. Uh, I referenced my friend Frank's joke about her just calling her the beaver or a beaver. Oh, it is a deep cut. I get it. That's like pulling a reference from a different show. But once I heard him call her a beaver or the beaver. She really does have beaver-like facial features. <laughs> Someone check her for a giant tail. Has she anyone, really does. Has anyone looked? I know. Ooh, do you want to take over? Uh, yeah, probably best not to look, actually. You're right. Uh, we, I'll, I'll, I will have... Uh, Frank will chime in with his expertise on this topic on Tuesday. Eric Burns Marsh says free Kyrie. Kyrie Irving is now in trouble for his Kanye-like efforts. Have you followed that story? Yes. He's now he's on what, like a five game unpaid suspension. And he tried to, if I understand correctly, he tried to give money to the ADL, but they said no. Yeah, he tried to give us like, I think like five million dollars. Is that right? I, I, I think I saw five hundred thousand dollars. Five hundred thousand. OK, yeah. yeah. Uh, but, uh, you must have really pissed off the Jews if they're giving back your money. <laughs> Kyrie Irving did it, I guess. Uh, all right. So, by the way. In the Kanye, the continuing misadventures of Kanye, quite the tweet that Kanye put out Friday. Uh, We'll get to that during the uh, hoax hate segment. Not that that was hoax hate. It just sort of fits in with some themes of the segment. Um, I'm I'm not endorsing what was said. It's just as far as like uh, concepts colliding. One of the greatest tweets of all time that Kanye put out there. So really I, funny. I, I, Made me look, laugh. I look forward to visiting it. Uh, Eric Burns Marsh. Uh, or wait, so, sorry, uh, Robin. Robin's up next, right? Matt and I once made sugar cookies. He busted in through my back door to nearly hammer the brains out of my. This message removed by our board of censors. Too hot for TV. MSDNC news. Well, Susan certainly would have stopped it if they didn't. Thank you, Robin. Eric Burns Marsh says uh, fortify cereals, not elections. That's true. Milk, milk as well comes fortified. 
get back to the old times, the old way of doing things. Max says the Pelosi story we're supposed to believe is Paul let the police in and said, oh, good, you're here. Please wait by the door and count to 100 or just until you hear two men struggling over a hammer. I didn't actually. You're exactly right, by the way, according to the D.A.'s version of the of events. I didn't read the court filing until Wednesday, Thursday last week. It was filed on Tuesday. When you read the DA's description of how this happened, there was like an entire narration and conversation between police and DePap and Pelosi during this hammer fight. They it says in the documentation, police ordered DePap to drop the hammer, and DePap said, "Um, nope." And then wrestled for the hammer and pulled it back. And police said, hey, what are you doing? And Paul Pelosi said, hey, 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 and and, and leaned away. But DePap lunged at him. They they make it sound as though this is ongoing for a period of at least 10 seconds or so. While police do Doesn't not intervene. Doesn't sound fake at all. Yeah, I got to see it. And the, the DA says there's body cam footage of the entire exchange. But you can't see it. Mm. I, hilarious. <laughs> you read it. There's just no... No plausible way in which that actually happened, but they said it in court, so it must be true. JRC1 says, in regards to the COVID amnesty nonsense, the only thing more powerful than the talk of forgiveness is the accountability for those asking for it. As much as I would like to see that, accountability for certain people, and I've seen people make this case too, uh, even if the midterms don't get you excited, think of the prospect of Rand Paul in charge of investigating Fauci. And I got to admit, that does excite me just a little bit as someone who's more than bored right. of congressional investigations to nowhere. I don't know. It's the, some of that. If you want accountability for some of these COVID tyrants, that is a path to it. Or at least well, I do want accountability. They forced this lifestyle on me that I wasn't asking for. They destroyed the economy. Yeah, they ruined children's lives. They killed people. I don't think we're I'm, ever, I'm out for blood on this. I don't think we're ever going to get uh, like legal accountability, which is what I would like to see. Uh, but we can have some social accountability, right? And we can have it. We can get some knowledge of the truth. Uh, there's there's more specifically on the origin of this. There's more there that we have yet to discuss. I guarantee yeah. our own involvement in the origin of this virus, we have some knowledge of, I guarantee we haven't discovered it all. I guarantee you there's more. Yep. And I would like yep. to know more about that. It's broad level accountability that I want um, as much or more than like the individual sort of criminal responsibility. I want to know, I, I genuinely believe this is maybe the biggest fraud ever perpetrated Yes, yeah. on our country, maybe. maybe the history of the world. I want to know how they did it. I want to know exactly how it happened. And so even though I don't like these perpetual government investigations, government investigating itself, if there's truth to be had from that process, I mean, I, I am in on that. Mike David Smoke Show says, we need a, U a new YouTube ASMR channel of gentle, soothing waves and seagulls with four hours of Rebecca reading Matt and I once made love jokes. Well, no, I'm no. glad there's that'll never happen. Glad there's a market for that. I don't know if we'll be indulging it anytime soon. Citizen 7 says, check it out. Elon Musk permanently suspended Kathy Griffin for impersonating him on Twitter. I did see that, and uh, we will talk about that coming up. Let's see. Let's get a couple more here. Actually, you want to take a couple more, and then we'll take uh, we'll get back into the news? Uh, sure. What was the last one? I got Ass Strangler up next. <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't received any emails from the left for campaign contributions in the past. Then in the last two weeks, I got about 25. They're, they'd be big scared. Maybe. Or maybe they're just doing their due diligence. 
I sent you that I, screenshot of the Democratic Socialist texting me, telling me to right. support their pro-abortion ballot measure or oppose you did, right? the anti-abortion ballot measure. <laughs> yeah. Son of the wolf. Matt and I once got hammered, but we stay fully clothed because we're not degenerates. Heavily edited from the original because Susan is protecting the good reputation of the husband of the Speaker of the House. Ah, yes. Susan probably is in on it. You're right. Nicholas H. Go vote. Even if futility is a possibility, don't listen to Blonde. If she really wanted accelerationism, <laughs> she would vote Democrat. I don't want accelerationism. I want passive uh, accelerationist. Passive accelerationist. Yeah. No, Those no. Are, that's you've, a contradiction You've been term. accelerationist collapsitarian. you got to own it. Yeah, but uh, most of that is just me. I'm not doing anything, you know? Mm. I'm not actively trying to destroy the country, am I? Well... <laughs> I think... There's a point Shut there. Uh, silly silly woman. It, there's a point. If you, if you were fully committed, you would be uh, voting down the line Democrat. Yeah, I'm not doing that. Uh, Boogeyman917 says, I doubt it. Uh, let's circle back on these. Uh, thank you, Boogeyman. And yes, we will come back to your chats at the end of the stream. Thank you guys. Very much appreciate it. Um, I'll have to just circle back with you. Let me see. Oh, uh, yes. How could I forget my place? When I just uh, mentioned how excited I was to talk about this, because this piece of the story adds several more layers of bizarre, the, the facts alleged and the sort of bizarre or not fully explained retraction itself. So let me uh, set the context to where we left off the Pelosi story and what we understand so far. Last Sunday, of course, we were trying to sort out all the facts of the attack itself and this character to pap who is some kind of nudist, Trump-inspired fascist, also commie who loves weed and gay rights and just a, just a weirdo. Yeah. Well, this was all before the San Francisco district attorney held a press conference on Monday and then outlined uh, her version of the facts in a court filing on Tuesday that I just mentioned. What we're supposed to believe as of now, this is the fact pattern. The official fact pattern filed in court. David DePap, the attacker, broke into the Pelosi home snuck into the Pelosi, uh, into Paul's bedroom, asked Paul where Nancy is. Paul said Nancy isn't home. DePap threatened to tie Paul up until Paul asked to go to the bathroom and DePap said sure and Paul called 911 from the bathroom and then DePap participated in the call. Did you hear that part? Uh, so, yes. So we were wondering um, why would he say that Remember, there was the police dispatch. Why would he say that DePap is a friend and is, or uh, David is a friend? His name's David, but he doesn't know him. And the speculation was that he was in the bathroom or something. Like yeah. That. Well, it turns out, according to the DA, DePap participated in the 911 call and said, oh, my name's David. I'm a friend of theirs. That's where that came from. Hmm. OK, so the plot thickens. then then police show up. Paul Pelosi opens the door. That was another Disputed facts, but now it's established. Paul Pelosi opens the door, greets the police. Then there is this fight for the hammer right in front of police who didn't intervene until DePap wrestled the hammer away from Paul and hit Paul in the head. And as of now, the DA is refusing to release the police body cam footage, which she confirms not only exists, but shows the entire attack itself. And she's also refusing to release the 911 call which would clarify a lot about this mystery of why is the guy, why you're kidnapping a guy, but also participating in his 911 call to tell emergency responders your name and your relationship to the guy you're kidnapping. Right. Yeah. I'd like to hear that if I could. We also learned that the Pelosi home has cameras everywhere outside 
And Capitol Police had a 24-7 live feed of the Pelosi home as well, which, funny, they weren't watching at the time because Nancy wasn't home. Another interesting theory on that I've heard. Conspiratorial, of course. Nonsense tinfoil. You should never push. What if it was either common knowledge or at the request of Paul? Hey, uh, guys who usually watch this camera feed, Nancy's out of town and uh, have a weekend event planned. So put some tape over that uh, camera feed and I'll, I'll catch you in the morning. What if it was something like that? Yeah, we're Couldn't never going to know. And if you think that that's silly conspiratorial nonsense, show me the footage and I'll shut the hell up. Yeah, really? Why aren't anybody... they showing it to us? Uh, well, the DA has an explanation for that, which is that it will be released when it's part of a court uh, filing or when it's introduced in court, which is nonsense made up policy. I'll get to that in a minute. Uh, so those are all the facts. That's where we stand now. And when I say facts, I mean what they're telling us, because I don't believe I believe hardly any of that, if anything at all, is actually factual. I think a lot of that is made up and a lot of that has changed so far. Speaking of things that that change, NBC has they put out new pieces of information and then retracted them. We got even more bizarre details on Friday. NBC ran a report on Friday morning saying that San Francisco police had no idea that the house that they were approaching was, in fact, the Pelosi's. And when Paul opened the door, he then went back into the home instead of leaving and did not inform the police of any sort of emergency. And then Paul and David DePap, uh, not, and then the entire duration was about a half hour. Paul Pelosi and David DePap were hanging out for about a half hour together. And we have no indication that Paul Pelosi sustained any sort of serious injury until the police arrived. Anyway, this is uh, the actual report, the now retracted report from uh, NBC. Sources familiar with what unfolded in the Pelosi residence now revealing when officers responded to the high priority call, they were seemingly unaware they'd been called to the home of the Speaker of the House. After a knock and announce, the front door was opened by Mr. Pelosi. The 82-year-old did not immediately declare an emergency or tried to leave his home, but instead began walking several feet back into the foyer toward the assailant and away from police. Why Pelosi didn't try to flee or tell responding officers he was in distress is unclear. We still don't know exactly what unfolded between Mr. Pelosi and the suspect for the 30 minutes they were alone inside that house before police arrived. Okay. That story aired a little after 7 a.m. Eastern on Friday. And it was also posted on NBC's website and I believe their YouTube channel as well until poof. It was gone. It was gone. Within a few hours, okay. deleted. Mm. NBC News on its website said only, quote, this piece has been removed from publication because it did not meet NBC News reporting standards. Okay. But no further explanation of what but those no standards. But no issue of a retraction or anything like that. Well, an implied retraction of just deleting the story and saying it didn't meet their standards. An implied retraction. That's not a thing. It's. I guess it's a retraction in effect. The, the story's gone. Yeah. You can find archives of it. And you can get copies of the video story. But when somebody issues a retraction, it needs to be a public statement. Like, this is what we got wrong. Yeah, as far as I know, they they not only didn't say the word retraction, but you're right. They didn't, uh, they didn't say any sort of explanation as far as why. Like, they said mm. it did not meet our reporting standards, but they didn't clarify what those reporting standards are and how this story failed to live up to them. 
But Washington Post got some commentary from uh, a source with knowledge. And a source with knowledge says the decision was made to remove the segment after it was determined shortly after it aired that the main source for the information was unreliable regarding the circumstances that the police encountered when they arrived at the house. So ironically, we have an anonymous source talking about the unreliability or non-reliability of another anonymous source. That's what we're left with here. Washington Post says it's not clear whether the reporter Miguel Almaguer will face disciplinary action. Miguel Almaguer really? is also not commenting as far as I've seen. Requests for comment mm. not responded to or returned. So uh, now these claims that that Paul Pelosi actually went back into the house after police arrival and Pelosi and DePap hang out, hung out together for about a half hour. Those are retracted as far as the official record is concerned. But remember the other once official facts in this story that have also been retracted. Uh, as I mentioned, it was originally reported that DePap was in his underwear. Now that's disputed, retracted by the people who originally reported that. Last weekend, we mentioned there were reports that a third person was in the home and actually opened the door for police. That's since been retracted. They now say only DePap and Pelosi and Pelosi opened the door. We have everything in this NBC News report here that... Paul Pelosi answered the door and said, everything's fine. I'm going to go back to bed where David DePap is hanging out or whatever. There's no emergency here. Don't worry about it. Which is also inconsistent with the fact that he called 911 in the first place. Very strange. Yeah. Um, notably as well, I mentioned this in the post that I made on Friday, talking about a lot of these facts that have changed. The DA still can't say how many times Paul Pelosi was hit with this hammer after the original report said multiple times. Now we don't know. So they're just not specifying the number of times. Well, the number of times could be one also. Yeah. But it was originally reported multiple. Did he really have a skull fracture? Well, that's the thing too. He, he's, uh, he's been released from the hospital. So I'll get to that in a minute. But even the specifics of his injury are, they're not specific. <laughs> they're up in the yeah. air. Yeah. Uh, all of this, of course, could be answered clearly by releasing the body cam footage and the 911 call, both of which the police department and the DA have. The DA said the process uh, for this sort of release will be that they'll only be released if they're introduced in court. But that's not the policy standard. San Francisco body cam footage release policy says it will be released to the maximum extent possible, but for a few exceptions. And yeah, I'm totally sympathetic. I talked about this on Friday. There is a process for this sort of thing. I understand you don't always dump all the footage out all the time or all the evidence in an ongoing investigation or case. But as a matter of practice, San Francisco kind of does that. I, I hear yeah. just casually browsing news reports from the last three years. SFPD releases body cam footage of incident a day after DA charges <laughs> cop with assault. Oh, SFPD releases body cam video and dispatch audio from SFO shooting. This was within, I believe that the, the officer involved shooting was January 20th. And the story is dated January 31st of this year. So within inside of two weeks, the body cam footage is out uh, headline from May San Francisco police released body cam video and shooting death of two men story dated May 27th incident in question happened May 19th. So it's not at all out of policy to be dumping body cam footage publicly when uh, shortly after an incident has happened and when the investigation is still presumably uh, ongoing. 
I think we can all agree that it uh, clearly includes something incriminating. I think it, yeah, I don't. There's no well, other reason they would do this. Or it just does not fit what they want it to be. And it has political utility for the midterms. That's so, true. Maybe they're lying about something unimportant, but I doubt it. It could be, or you're right. I mean, presumably it has detailed, a detailed <laughs> depiction of the Pelosi home interior. Yeah. Maybe there are things in there that they would prefer us not that they'd prefer us not seeing. It could be. Well, then some, why wouldn't they just tell you that? That would be a good excuse. But then the question becomes what? What's going on in there? Why? What exactly is so important? And I'm pretty simple. Like, obviously, I, I mentioned this in what I posted. I don't really want a situation in which crimes are committed in people's homes and then you're compelled to release video that shows the interior of your home. I don't really want that standard. But the Pelosi's are in position to disclose all of this. They can voluntarily yeah, just, they, they can, can waive yeah. their privacy, right? And just say in the interest of showing publicly what happened because our democracy is under attack. Here's what happened at our house. Yep. They're not doing that. You asked about his injuries. He was released from the hospital on Thursday. He's, again, we already knew this last weekend, the second after the attack. Oh, he's going to make a full recovery. Yeah, don't worry. He's going to make a full recovery. Okay. Brutal beating with a hammer on an 82-year-old man, but he's going to make a full recovery. <laughs> sounds 80? Oh, my God. Sounds about right. Um, and in the DA's documentation, the, he was struck in the head at least once with a, the full force of a hammer, was knocked out for a period of three minutes in a pool of his own blood, is what the DA's court documents say. That sounds like a serious TBI. I can't imagine. He was unconscious for three minutes in a, in a pool of his own blood. That's what the... The document says. So come November 9th. But but he he's uh he's just fine. He'll have no long term effects, even though he's eighty two. And if you slapped him the wrong way, he might die. Yeah. Head head with a hammer. Yeah, that's what they say. Uh no specific descriptions of his injury beyond quote skull fracture, and no description of what treatment he received beyond quote successful surgery. I I have some questions about that but he, he as a matter of principle he's entitled to his medical privacy i actually don't really demand his medical record but you can show me the body cam footage if you want me to buy this story as told i don't need to see the right. details of your medical record to buy the story as told i'll accept that there were serious injuries if you show me the proof that you have of that happening did you hear that uh depap is uh, an illegal immigrant. <laughs> yes, I did hear that. Yeah. DePap faces several felonies, including assault, attempted murder, and kidnapping. He remains in jail without bail. We also learned this week he's, he's an illegal immigrant. He's Canadian, entered the U.S. through California in 2008 on a visitor visa and just never left. This well, week he couldn't be Mexican, could he? Uh, well, I wonder. We already have kind of a interesting collision of values or politics here but if he happened to be non-white that certainly would make things even more he interesting. had to be white he had to be a white republican uh yeah i guess and and if if he gets if a white person gets deported does it really count as a deportation for these <laughs> political reasons ice filed an immigration detainer on depap meaning if he is released from california custody california will give notification to the department of homeland security who could then deport him which is weird because I thought California was a sanctuary state. I thought San Francisco yeah. was a sanctuary city, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. 
Again, all crimes are forgivable in San Francisco, except attacking a Pelosi. If you do that, not only are you going to get locked up without bail, you might get actually deported. What does it take to get deported from California? My God, no, but that doesn't happen to anybody. That never happens. DePap has been totally kept silent throughout all of this. He uh, pled not guilty at his court hearing on Tuesday. Media were kept out of it, apparently. He has not been seen by any reporters to this point. He waived a court appearance on Friday. He has another court appearance set for November 28th. So as far as court Mm. procedures, this is over before the midterm. Yeah. I don't really understand why he would waive his hearing, but he did. During another hearing on Tuesday, bottom of the CNN article here, it was disclosed that the judge on the case, Loretta M. Giorgi, Previous, what? <laughs> it, it might, I might be mispronouncing. G-I-O-R-G-I. That's like Letitia James. That's kind of a dangerous yeah. pronunciation. Loretta Giorgi, the judge, previously worked with Pelosi's daughter, Christine, at the San Francisco City Attorney's Office in the 90s. But Giorgi said she has not seen or heard or talked to Miss Pelosi since then. I bet. I'm sure. Thank you for that disclosure. Yikes. And no matter what details we learn about what a weirdo freak this uh, DePap dude is, no matter how far-fetched the story of the attack gets, we're all supposed to believe that he's some sort of Trump-inspired mega-maga right-winger. In fact, he's a member of the Republican cult, Hillary Clinton tweeted, posting a a clip of her appearance on Joy Reid's show to condemn the Republican inspiration of this crazy violent man. This uh, midterm election, we've seen a lot of ads by Republicans running for everything, touting crime. Crime is the issue. But when an 82-year-old man is attacked by an intruder in his own home, they don't seem to be too bothered by that because that person is married to the Speaker of the House, who's of a different political party. No, I actually do care a lot about that. Please show me all the information you possibly can about that. Of course we care. Yeah. Maybe it's just embarrassing. Maybe. Maybe it's it's not as politically organized as we think it is. And it's just the fact that, (laughs) I don't know, uh, there are a lot of, uh, I don't know, uh, a lot of things on display inside the Pelosi home. Something like that. What was it, uh? Jason Whitlock over the weekend or at the end of last week was talking to Tucker said something like uh, how disappointing it must be to be Nancy Pelosi. You spend your entire insider trading fortune on a pair of cans at 82 years old and your husband (laughs) still wants to play hide the hammer with some neighborhood (laughs) drug addicted freak. Ooh, hide the hammer. I like that. He's right. He's right. Well, we are getting, uh, we're kind of running out of time, so I might have to hurry through some of the, Elon Musk stuff. Okay. But, uh, Hey, when, uh, well, I don't, I shouldn't quite say when you're right, you're right. Cause I don't know if this has been fully realized, but I tried to stand up for Elon Musk and give him the benefit of the doubt last week. And I, I hope that I'll be able to do that. You were of course, characteristically pessimistic about okay. his takeover and his follow through on some of the values he claimed, but the cracks this week started forming Perhaps the dam has already broken. Not only did Elon Musk tweet about meeting with the ADL and the NAACP to discuss how to continue to combat hate and ensure election integrity, but Bloomberg reports that uh, 
Elon Musk promised these groups he would restore content moderation tools that had been blocked by some staff by the end of the week. As of now, Musk says there have not been any changes to Twitter's content moderation policies. But if he meets with the same people responsible for crafting those policies in the first place, I don't expect many meaningful changes. However, he could still prove that this was just in the interest of politeness or courtesy and not actually implement those policies. With one exception, apparently no policy changes except Kathy Griffin is banned now. Kathy Griffin has to get the hell out of here. Uh, Elon Musk said earlier over the weekend. Oh, wait, that's sorry. That's the uh, hilarious meme on the topic from uh, Kyle Rittenhouse. Sorry for the audio, uh, the autoplay there. Oh, no, I thought you were saying that to my dog. Okay. No, it's my web page started playing audio accidentally. But uh, Elon Musk tweeted earlier this weekend that anyone impersonating other people without clearly identifying as a parody account will be permanently suspended. In response, Kathy Griffin changed her Twitter name to Elon Musk, and she's now permanently suspended. (laughs) And so uh, Kyle Rittenhouse tweeted out this picture of Elon holding Kathy's head, which I thought was pretty funny. That is funny. Oh, I mean, okay. So I like this for the lols and it's good to, for morale on the right to be getting back people that, that did stuff to us and tried to censor us. Um, but at the same time that he's doing this, which is a totally superficial, um, act as, as CEO, right? I mean, this isn't really, nobody gives a fuck about Kathy Griffin, but at the same time that he's doing this, he's meeting with like the ADL. It's like, what are you doing, bro? Like, No one cares about Kathy. It's like he's throwing us a bone so that we don't know that he's working behind the scenes against us. But I'm totally convinced he's one of them. It's hard to read right now. And in a perfect, obviously, in a perfect principled world where there was no context to any of this, I don't want people being deleted for impersonating in a trolley way, which is what Kathy Griffin was doing. Her name was still at Kathy Griffin. She just changed her It's not the handle, but it's like the name. You know what I mean? You can change that at any time. She changed that to Elon Musk. She did not try to impersonate Elon Musk. But I have no motivation to protect these people. I have no motivation to protect them. So I will laugh at them dying on their own swords because they've celebrated the banning of everybody else. But but I agree that if we do this sort of what I think is kind of petty banning, we're going to end up in the same spot that that we've been in. So I I do worry about that. The other thing I worry about uh, in this move with... You know, again, I enjoy and I enjoy and laugh at it. But for people like AOC and the rest of them speculating that they were being personally punished by Musk because yeah. their Twitter account went haywire or something. So it must be Elon Musk getting me because he doesn't like me. This kind of adds fuel to that, where it does appear like if you just troll Elon Musk, he will troll you back by banning you. Right. And, and maybe he'll unban her. And maybe this is just a joke for the hour. But it still does lend credibility to that sort of theory that Elon Musk is just out there to to punish his enemies, I suppose, as uh, as opposed to restore principles that he discussed. So, oh, I, I don't care about that at all. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, as I'll, always, I'll, you're making a principled argument and I'm like, I don't care about that. I just hate I just hate the hypocrisy, you know? Yeah. Well, uh, are you happy with the firings? He started firing people. Yeah, I mean, I guess I'm pretty happy about this. He, um, okay, so a bunch of people, about half the staff, they received no official word about their termination, but then their email accounts were shut off. And so that's kind of how they found out Not great. they were getting fired. Yeah. Oh, I don't care. Uh, what, what does he owe these people? 
Um, so about half, so 3,700 people out of the 7,500 employees had been eliminated. And wow. most of the, the uh, hits came across from engineering, machine learning teams, trust and safety teams that manage content moderation and the sales and advertising department. So I assume he's going to automate some of this and then probably replace 25% of the staff with people that are more right-leaning. He's probably going to buy out the ADL staff and re-employ them at Twitter. Yeah, but but why did he retweet Yoel Rothstein or whatever? I don't know. And then talk about how the moderation team is still in place. And it's like, I don't understand his behavior, but he's done too much stuff for me to be trusting. I uh, I will still allow him to earn that trust, but I got to see... I got to see more gestures away from the status quo of the censorship happy people being catered to and more moves toward tweeting middle finger emojis at them when they complain. That would be a step up. So uh, as a matter of policy so far, I gather not much has changed. So I, I, I will allow Elon Musk to show me with policy, but I got to admit I'm nervous. This week made me much more nervous about this than, than any time prior. So we'll see if he's able to, well, we'll see what he decides. Was he sincere when he talked about free speech values or is he going to cave? He's clearly going to cave. Sorry. I don't have my Twitter Fogging account back. Well, that will be the, that will be the day the that test. he proves it to me. Yeah. Yep. All right. Let's talk a little, uh, Supreme court here because, um, well, I wish I had more time, uh, both to discuss this and to pay attention to these arguments this week. Uh, so I'm I, I haven't been able to look at this as closely as I would have liked to, but fresh off restoring some constitutional order to the issues of abortion and gun rights and First Amendment prayer, among other things, the Supreme Court is now taking up the issue of affirmative action in college admissions. In other words, making race conscious decisions in college admission uh, decisions that usually, of course, favor black and Hispanic applicants at the expense of white and Asian applicants. And there are two cases before the court, one from Harvard and one from the University of North Carolina. The Harvard case involves whether Harvard discriminated against Asians in their admissions. With UNC, the court will consider whether the school is using race conscious admissions in a limited enough manner. The court has uh, a history uh, dating back to 1978 on the issue, considering whether race conscious admissions policies violate the equal protection clause of the 14th amendment. I have nothing close to a solid understanding of the court's precedent uh, or precedents on these, uh, on this issue, other than to say that the court has generally said that racial quotas are unconstitutional, but race can be used as a factor among many in admissions decisions. So it is expected that the six member so-called conservative majority of the court will be open to ending affirmative action or limiting uh, its current application under the Constitution. We're not going to get decisions on this until the spring, but there were a couple of uh, notable moments from the arguments. Firstly, when. um, Let me find the story here. I already lost my place. Yeah, here we go. Uh. (laughs) when uh, asking uh, questions of the North Carolina solicitor general who was defending the university of North Carolina's race conscious admissions policy, uh, justice Alito asked if he would uh, count as an Indian simply because he's, uh, (laughs) he asked if he would count as an Indian simply because he uh, 
he's, he thinks he's an Indian based on family legend. Tell me if this, <laughs> if it sounds familiar. It's family lore that we have an ancestor who was an American Indian. So uh, I think in that particular circumstance, uh, it would be uh, not accurate for them to say. Uh, well, I, I identify lore. as an American Indian because I've always <laughs> been told that some ancestor back in the old days was an American was an American Indian. Yeah. So I think in that circumstance, uh, it, it would be very unlikely that that person was telling the truth. Oh, would it be very unlikely that person was telling the truth? That's interesting. Convenient. Yeah, that was just uh, too close to her story for him to be talking about anything else. As far as I know, Alito is what, Italian or something? I don't think that he's speaking about himself. He's definitely not. He's talking about Elizabeth Warren, clearly. And uh, no response. uh, Not that you would expect it from a Supreme Court justice on a current case. He wouldn't comment publicly on that. But no comment from Elizabeth Warren that I've seen either. Um, Meanwhile... Uh, Justice Thomas asked the same North Carolina lawyer to explain the concept of diversity and what, if any, value the concept has in an education at the university, potentially signaling his skepticism. I've heard the word uh, diversity quite a few times, and I don't have a clue what it means. It seems to mean everything for everyone. But I'd like you to give us a specific definition of diversity, and I'd also like you to give us a clear idea of exactly what the educational benefits of diversity at the University of North Carolina would be. First, we define diversity the way this court has in its court's precedence, which means a broadly diverse set of criteria that extends to all different backgrounds and perspectives and not solely limited to race. There are many different diversity factors that are considered as a greater factor in our admissions process than race. Okay. The reason he's making that argument is because the current standard before the court, at least as I understand it, is you can use it as a factor, one among many, but you can't do this bit where we want, say, 25% black people at this school and we're just going to any black person who applies will let them in in pursuit of this, right. this quarter or something yeah. like that. Now, that exchange continued with the lawyer saying uh, diversity is a broad set of criteria beyond race, as he was mentioning there. And he said, quote, it's undisputed that diversity leads to a deeper and richer learning environment. Well, how convenient that it's self-evident. It's just undisputed. <laughs> I just declared it. Um, and, and constitutionally speaking, that is actually significant. The, the value achieved, in other words, the government's aim or, or what they're trying to accomplish, that mm-hmm. is an important point. Since equal protection of the law is a constitutionally protected right under the 14th Amendment, any exception to it would fall under what's called strict scrutiny. So you need a compelling state interest achieved through narrowly tailored means. In other words, the state interest there the value just being undisputed, deeper and richer learning environment. They need a compelling state interest right there. And if the evidence is it's undisputed, right? That's kind of dicey in terms of the constitutional analysis that the court is going to apply. There's going to have to be some evidence that diversity actually creates a richer, deeper, more valuable education in order to compromise the constitutional right to equal protection of the law. If that's all they got, Diversity is an undisputed value. They're probably going to run into some problems. In response, Thomas um, said that he didn't go to racially diverse schools and uh, he believes he got educational benefits nonetheless. So this will be interesting to watch. Again, uh, we're not going to get a decision on this um, until the spring. But maybe maybe we can get some 
uh, some sanity restored to you know, what, what I think there are two issues here. Like, is this wise as a matter of policy, which I think is absolutely not that we should be admitting people using race, not as the criteria, a criteria, any of that nonsense, but as a matter of constitutional law, what's at mm-hmm. issue here too. And Harvard, I, I'm still, am not entirely clear why and how it applies to Harvard. Harvard is a private institution, but I think it has to do with the government. The government's financial involvement is why. Yeah. If, unless yeah. I'm mistaken. Um, I mean, the real question is, uh, what are they going to do about Asians? Well, the, the Asians are the one, br- the ones bringing the uh, the the Harvard case, and they got that race I mean, traitor what, lawyer from uh, from North Carolina arguing if that they, Asians should be discriminated against. Sorry. If they discriminate, continue to discriminate against Asians, I mean, the, the quality yeah. of higher education is going to continue to just uh, deteriorate. I mean, at at a certain point, um, people are no longer going to seek out going to higher institutions. And I think that that has probably started like David Hogg went to Harvard. Yeah, it it means a lot less than it used to. And I would be interested. And like I said, I have not had the time to dig into these cases in full. So maybe they presented some more evidence that I'm unaware of. But I would like to see show me that, say, uh, college campuses where you have uh, whatever diverse mix of races that you want to say that they actually have better academic outcomes or better career outcomes that places than places that are strictly merit based. I would yep. love to see that information. I don't think that exists. And the reason yeah. I say I don't think that exists is because they have done studies on diversity in workplace performances and other similar environments. And almost invariably, they always love to say it, appro- it improves workplace performance. No, it doesn't. It often yeah. worsens it, according to yep. the infer- according to studies. They just don't want to, they don't want to show you that because that counters the indisputable narrative. I don't know. This will be an interesting one to watch. Uh, we hmm. will uh, we'll find out next year how that goes. Any Do we other have a trio of hoax? No, we have four. I have three in Kanye. Kanye's oh, okay. not really hoax hate. It just fits in with the theme. Uh, <laughs> although if you ask Kanye, maybe it's hoax hate. Anyway, yeah. yeah. Are you ready for uh, hoax hate? I guess so. All right. And now the nobody saw it happen, but it's totally a product of Trump's America hoax hate crime of the week. Ah, shit, it's backwards. You think they'll notice? In Lake County, Ohio, the northeast part of the state, a pair of Halloween costumes worn by horses of the sheriff's office mounted unit are causing outrage among some in the community. The sheriff's office says the two horses were simply dressed as ghosts, but some critics say they looked like KKK horses. I was shocked and I'm embarrassed. Is there nobody on staff that was like, this is not a good idea? Some Lake County residents reached out to the Fox 8 I team Tuesday, upset about the costumes put on the horses of the Lake County Sheriff's Mounted Unit for Halloween. The horses went to neighborhoods during trick-or-treat hours Monday. So the riders (laughs) thought, wow, what a great idea if we would have big ghosts going down the street. The horses were covered with a white sheet with holes cut out for their ears, eyes, and nose. As the horses went down the street, they were lit up for Halloween. Tell you the truth, the community loved it. The kids were coming out, whoa, these are great ghost horses. If you go back and look at pictures of the Ku Klux Klan, it's like the exact 
replica of what they like what the horses look like the halloween lights decorating it i i certainly didn't see any clan members decorated for halloween <laughs> well I, they just didn't think about it yeah it does strike me as just an innocent mistake however um <laughs> not to say they have a total point but uh black lives matter lake county did post a picture of clansmen with horses saying they look exactly the same and just objectively speaking, they do look kind of similar. I can't completely deny that. However, it should be noted to the sheriff's point. These horses were decorated with lights, which the okay, KKK. That, that, that negates the entire thing, right? I, I agree that that is uh, the context of Halloween and the lights. Like, yeah, it's uh, if if anything, this is um, naive foolishness. Although I don't think it should yeah. even be counted as that. I don't. If you're the sort of person who's offended by a Halloween costume, you have worse problems. Okay. Yeah. Um, in a statement. And so not just the lights, but in a statement, the sheriff also said, Hey, look on the internet for pictures of ghost horses on Halloween. You'll see all kinds of stuff. He's kind of right. I did look on Pinterest. Oh, really? There are ghost horses all over. Like you got ghost horses from years ago wearing sheets on, on Pinterest. So, uh, you know, no, I gotta uh, see this. Apparently I, I did link it in the, uh, the notes oh yeah under the huh. pinterest ghost horses if you want to see what i'm looking at how else are you going to dress a horse up like a ghost just paint it white but i'm sure that would be offensive to some too it's, it's horse white face <laughs> it's offensive to jesse smollett's nigerian white face uh the people he hired what were their names uh, the osindairo brothers that's Osin right the, i forgot about that theory from jesse's lawyer originally that the osindairo brothers wore white face that was the early going yeah. theory for how they tricked jesse they huh. wore ski masks with white face under the ski masks that's right yeah, yeah. well uh, i'm glad that the ghost horses were brought to justice i'm sure these people would prefer that the horses be put down i don't know if that happened but yeah, I they they were ghosts, so maybe they shot them first and then reanimated their corpses for yeah. this whole thing. You're gonna love this one if you haven't watched already. Did you catch this uh, ring doorbell footage in this one? No, I haven't okay. seen it. Newburgh, Oregon, an anonymous family says an unknown attacker not only lit fire to their pride uh, pride flag outside their home, he then saluted Hitler into their door <laughs> camera. The homeowner shared the footage with police and local CBS KOIN6 and the ADL says these attacks are on the rise. Police tell us the people whose flag was set on fire recently reported they had their pride flag stolen in the past. They say the home did have some damage, but fortunately no one inside was injured. The homeowner asked to remain anonymous out of concern for their safety, but shared this surveillance video with us today. It appears to show someone in a mask setting fire to their flag, then doing a Nazi salute. I talked to the Anti-Defamation League right today. Right in front of the camera. Incidents yeah. like this are on the rise in the Northwest and in Newburgh. Uh, we got several reports from community members who feel unsafe. This is a part of a broader trend in their community. From flyer bah. distributions and postering to flag demonstrations and now an escalation that includes um, a vandalism hate crime incident. Um, this is a really concerning trend in the Newburgh area. Dude, I wish this was true. Well, uh, the homeowners say that someone stole their pride flag previously. So Man, maybe maybe this is legit. I want to believe because isn't this what we should be doing to these weirdo leftist trannies and stuff <laughs> like making them feel unsafe? I'm going to cock on arson. 
I, I'm. You create a mob. What did, yeah. what did Maxine Waters say? Oh yeah, you uh, you get in their faces, something like that. Yeah. yeah. I don't know, man. Well, I, I I hope that there are this many Nazis out there doing <laughs> stuff like this. They surveyed the property, observed where the camera was, and saluted it specifically. You know, did you see that viral clip of that kid? I don't have it prepped, but there was a clip going around of a Halloween. It was Halloween with a similar door camera like that. And some people just put their candy out on Halloween and say, please, you know, be a good little boy or girl and take one piece. Yeah. Yeah. I'm too old to get up every five seconds. Just take one piece. This little boy, he must've been, I'm guessing maybe eight old enough to get it. Not a really young kid walked up, dumped the whole bucket into his candy bag. Not only stole the candy, looked in the camera, gave him the finger. What a little fucker. Away. I don't know. Uh, th- I, I kind of, okay. You, you see your kid do that like later. Yeah. You're 80%, 90% pissed off that they're greedy and they're selfish, but you also think it's kind of funny. I, well, there would, there would be some laughter, but there would also be a uh, heavy discipline for such a thing. But in this case, I'm supposed to believe the same thing, that these people surveyed not just the property to figure out how to burn the flag, but also found out where the camera was and didn't consider that a deterrent, actually became emboldened to Nazi salute the camera on the way out. Stop taking now, my dreams. <laughs> maybe they it are that true. brave. Now, nothing, it might be true. The other thing about this story, though, nothing in the report describes how the fire was extinguished. I guess it just burned itself out. Mm. Toward the end of the footage, you can see the, I, I don't have the unedited uh, prepped, but the unedited footage is available on Twitter. It looks like some of the landscaping in the front yard, some of the flames kind of drop off the flag and actually start the landscaping in the front yard, the bushes or whatever on fire. And then the, the clip just cuts. I'm highly yeah. skeptical that the, the shrubbery, the bushes in front of the house start burning oh, and then there's no damage fine. to the home. Who put that fire out? What put that fire out? It's Maybe awfully he came odd. came back and he was worried about the property damage and he put it out. He's, yeah, yeah. Had a change of heart, just like a tranny on election day. Suddenly I'm Sabrina and I want to vote anyway. So, yeah, but I'm blocked unfairly. <sighs> okay. This next one, this is, this is extremely dangerous career ending Susan Bates. So I implore our, our best behavior. Uh, we are aware of some of Kanye West's recent commentary about his relationship with Jewish people, which uh, many have characterized as hostile in its intent. Among them, Shana Ross, who is a Jewish elementary teacher in L.A. who also works as a stand-up comedian and musician. She teaches a music enrichment class at several L.A. area schools. On her social media accounts, Shana posted a video claiming that fourth grade students approached her in front of the whole class and asked if she's Jewish, saying that it's concerning if she is because Kanye hates Jews. A student came up to me in front of everyone and said, Miss Shana, are you Jewish? And I responded with, why are you asking? And their response was, because it's concerning. And I said, why is it concerning? And they said, because it's not good. And then another student shouted out, Kanye West hates Jews. The first thing that happened is my heart sank. And I didn't know what to do. I almost started crying. I was afraid for my safety. Even though they're little children, they're fourth graders. I mean, where are they learning it from? They're, are they coming in because they're getting it off of TikTok? Or are they coming in because they're getting it from their parents? Hmm. 
Really? They could still tell she was Jewish after she got a pretty good rhinoplasty, apparently. <laughs> I, uh, I suppose I mean, that maybe... I that could go both ways, right? I suppose that may be the case, but you're right. She does look like she's... Uh, she looks like she's had maybe various pieces of work done. Well, you know. The last... What am I supposed to say here? Are her students black? She doesn't say. And, and the last question there from the reporter is really key. And I'm glad, seriously speaking, I'm glad that reporter asked that. You're afraid of fourth graders? And that's the thing. Lady, I don't care if a fourth grader said, I'm going to kill you, bitch. Okay, that is a problem to be resolved with the school and the parents. You don't throw kids under the bus publicly. To the media. To try to yeah. gather public sympathy because you are afraid of fourth graders bullying you. And if you are afraid of fourth graders bullying you, get a different job. Simple yeah, but as that. wouldn't you be afraid of like 30 black Kanye-inspired fourth graders? Kanye-enhanced? There's no way this is true. Uh, yeah, no fourth grader is going to be like, it's concerning. That's not the language of a fourth grader. Yeah, I'm, I'm very concerned, Miss Ross. No, if I, if I was a teacher. Does she teach in an inner city school? It just says that she teaches this music enrichment class at a, at a bunch of LA area schools so that she must travel around doing this class at several places. Dude, but I bet they are black. This might be true. This would be so funny. I got to find out. Well, she doesn't name them. But again, I, I just have but an they issue named them. Hey, <laughs> I just have an issue with any teacher who's going to even if the kids are misbehaving, your initial reaction is throw the kids under the bus so that the public sympathizes with poor me. Not sorry, lady, your job, you're, you're supposed to be serving the kids, even if they are misbehaving, even if they are being mean to you. It's not about your own validation. So you're going to have to figure it out. Yeah. Meanwhile. The um the misadventures of Kanye personally continue. He has, of course, had his business relationships severed in the face of many public accusations of anti-Semitism. Now, Kanye is trying to flip the script, accusing his accusers of bigotry. He posted and originally I th I thought he deleted, but actually it's now reported that Twitter removed. As far as I'm concerned, one of the most legendary tweets of all time. Quote, I'm starting to think that anti-Semitic means n-word but he didn't write n-word he wrote the hard r and everything okay as in people calling kanye anti-semitic anti are actually just calling him the n-word that's what the, the anti-semitic is code a, a genius for the n-word genius a, it's a bold play we'll see how it works i i don't know if it's going to work out uh, no that's so smart <laughs> you guys are calling me the n-word well now you've got a real situation you know if you're really yeah, trying to yeah. win the virtue olympics here um, one other concerning factor about this tweet, not only did Twitter, uh, censor it, but parlor censored it too, at least partially, it was not viewable on the parlor app. Parlor says, because Apple would not allow it, but you can still view the post through the parlor webpage. So I guess maybe it's not that concerning. Parlor might just be doing what they have to, to use Apple's app store while maintaining their free speech commitment on their own website. But of course, making it even weirder, Kanye uh, announced last month or it was announced last month that Kanye is buying parlor, but that interesting transaction is still in process. <sighs> Sounds like bullshit. You think they're lying? Uh, lying about what the, the purchase or what? No, no, that, that uh, it's banned, that, that it's not showing up because of Apple. That sounds like bullshit. 
Well, uh, I haven't checked, and actually I can't really click the parlor link if it's in here because that's going to throw the hard R up on my screen and Susan will have her issues with that, I think. Uh, but it, if this story is correct, and I believe it is, the fact that if they were caving, then why wouldn't they just take it off their site? You know? Um, right. I actually, I buy that explanation that for their app to remain in the app store, they have to do certain pieces of bullshit that Apple commands. Okay. But they didn't have to, to keep it up on their own website, which you can visit through a browser. And it looks like that's what they did. Okay. But Fine. so I don't know. I don't know that I'm that worried about uh, parlor necessarily in this, but I am worried about this sort of situation, which isn't new, but you have these gatekeepers in terms of apps with Google and Apple and the rest of them, where even to build your own Twitter, that's commonly the response. Don't like Twitter, go build your own Twitter. And then people say, okay, I will. And they go and build Gab. Oh, you, you idiot with your echo chamber. Or they go and build Parler. Oh, you, you idiot. We're going to delete your, your servers from Amazon or wherever they came from. This is another problem with that. Go build your own, but also you need to build your own internet. We won't allow you to have any of the internet infrastructure to actually serve that thing that you built as in the app store yeah. in this case. And if Apple and Google and the rest of these app store gatekeepers are ultimately responsible for what's allowed to be distributed on the internet, we're back in the same place. Even when people do build their own thing, we have the same yeah, problem. We, that's because we should be learning. We can't exist within their infrastructure I know. and their infrastructure owns. Uh, it's, it's all the financial stuff. It's all social media. I mean, this this Elon Musk thing was supposed to be this great upending of leftists owning the infrastructure. And it's turning out that he's just licking their buttholes a bunch. Yeah, you better be 40, it, 40 chessing this. There's, there's something exciting about building your own stuff where you can be free from the excesses of these people. <laughs> but there's also something just inherently depressing about having to rebuild the wheel over and over again. And over that's and how over. I feel. It's already been done. And right. It's yeah, it's just. It's to to reuse the wheel metaphor. It's just spinning your wheels and not making progress. And that's the frustration with YouTube too. Right. half the time. I feel like I'm just rebuilding pieces of my channel that Susan made more difficult to use, whether she's banning a particular clip or making me do some work around to do the stream that I want to do it. It's like, if you just get out of the way, everything yeah, would be much more efficient. Exactly. So I don't know. We'll see. But, uh, Oh, we're almost at the top of the hour. We got to talk about this. This movie, and it's three hours worth, so let's see if we can get it done in under three hours ourselves. All right. In a world of movie references flying over his head, one man will finally watch them. This is the Matt and Blonde Show Movie Review. This week's movie is the 1963 drama The Great Escape, in which a band of allied World War II POWs secretly plot an attempt and escape from a German camp through digging a trio of underground tunnels, only to be killed or recaptured, questioning whether the effort was worth it at all. From movie picker Tom N., based on real events, The Great Escape tells the story of allied soldiers attempting to escape from a German POW camp. It has an all-star cast, including Charles Bronson, Richard Attenborough, and Steve McQueen with an infamous soundtrack and beautiful scenery filmed in Germany and Switzerland. This movie is a must watch for anyone who loves World War II history and action movies. As always, your review and your rating. Well, it wasn't that historically accurate. They took um, major creative license 
with the plot, but just to point of contention with the, with the, the chooser. Um, okay. I, I should preface this by saying like, I've been asking everybody for classic movies and I hate myself. <laughs> I hate myself for this. They're because the I was IPAs watching of movies. movies. People say they like them, but they really don't. I do like classic films <laughs> and, and this, this was a good movie, but like I, that part of my brain that allows me to watch a three hour classic film has been destroyed with 10 years of marijuana use and alcohol abuse and screen time. Like I just, I just can't, like I could not do it. I was so bored. And then I hated myself for being so bored because I was just like, you need to be focusing on what's going on here. And I had to watch it in several parts. Hmm. It's three hours. Like I shouldn't have had to watch it in, in so many parts. Um, because of my my brain atrophy. So this was a good movie and through no fault of its own, I was bored. And I think the nature of storytelling has just changed so much that I had a really hard time relating, relating to this, uh, which is hard to admit. But there was a lot of intrigue and I like this teamwork element and the cinematography was beautiful um, and the scenery. Uh, and then there was this wonderful, albeit unbelievable story arc. Um, and I, and I liked the character, so I don't know what my problem is. It was a four out of five film that I did not pay attention to in the way that it deserved. So what's the rating? I'm going to give it a four out of five, what but like, f- but I, but I, cause it's this not is my movie. fault. It's, it's me. No, this movie sucks me. ass. Just Does say it. it. Okay. Yes. That makes me feel better, but <laughs> I don't think it sucked ass. I was just hating myself because I'm like, I am, I cannot pay attention. What is wrong yeah. with me? And maybe there's some, tr- are, are you finished by the way? I don't mean to interrupt. So yeah. You feel I, like somebody said- says blonde has a TikTok brain. Yeah. I don't even look at TikTok <laughs> and I have a TikTok brain. Yeah. It, it could be true. Sincerely speaking, I don't watch a lot of movies of this era. Totally possible that, the style in which they were produced and the expectations for making them and watching them are totally different. And there's some of that that I don't get that. That totally could be part of it. I don't think that you're way off. That said, I also don't like this movie really much at all. There are a few things okay. I can I can say positive about it. Um, there are some broad themes. I, I generally love the theme of where there's a will, there's a way. And even yeah. if you sit there thinking like, well, my only way out of this hell is if I take a coffee can and dig like a hundred yards through frozen soil. Yeah. Well, in that case, if the coffee can can scoop, the only limit is your willingness to scoop. And I will appreciate a story that, that reminds you that in many ways, your own mind, your own lack of will is the prison itself. That is an encouraging theme in this movie that I like. I love this theme. Love is too strong a word. I forced myself <laughs> to appreciate this theme that even losing fights are often worth fighting. The scene that actually did stick with me is when some of the prisoners return to the camp and one says to the other, um, do you think it was worth the price? And the other replies, well, it depends on your own point of view. I actually don't like that response because I don't think it depends on your point of view. I think there's an objective calculation there that taking the risk of death to escape a prison is is the correct calculation that there are fates worse than death among them sitting in a prison yeah. camp or slavery. Um, and so I don't think that, that fights like that, that are in pursuit of a higher value are, are to be viewed with regret. Even if you do die in pursuit of them, because they're for the right reasons. I think that there's something regrettable. Uh, what I wrote in the, in the review was there's nothing regrettable about paying the ultimate price for the ultimate values. There is something regrettable about surrendering your life to the absence of them. 
Yeah. And and what I appreciated is is that even most did not succeed. They were executed or they were put back in the prison camp. That's not a failure necessarily uh, because the alternative was unacceptable. So those themes are fine. You mentioned it's very loosely historically quote unquote accurate. There actually were no Americans involved in this at all. Yeah, I read that. You'll be shocked to learn that the motorcycle jump is complete bullshit. There was no stealing of a plane. That said, the broad points of substance are true. 76 men made it through the tunnel. Only three ultimately escaped. 50 uh, who were recaptured were executed on Hitler's orders, my sources say. So there's, if I appreciate those broad values, there's some historical truth to it that I can also appreciate. Now, the worst, and I'll be quick because this movie is way too long and I don't want to replicate that with my review, but how long are you going to talk? Okay. It takes nearly yeah. two hours to get to any actual escaping. And then when there's actual escaping, it finally picks up with some action and some tension and some intrigue. Make this movie a half hour of prep and an hour of escape. And I bet it's a way better, way more enjoyable movie. I know. In, instead, it's almost two hours of dialogue between what I think is kind of a mess of mostly boring, forgettable or confusable characters. And again, we talked about this a little bit last week with Tropic Thunder, but I think this was that problem on steroids. It's just too many guys and too few characters. I lost track of who the hell is who and what guy's role is what. And in the end, right. it didn't really matter that much. It's like, just get your asses to the end of that tunnel. I don't care about yeah, this guy yeah. dying uniforms and this guy forging papers. And those are interesting pieces of the effort, but I don't need this much backstory on all of it. I just want to see it happen. Nobody really, nobody took the, took the leader was a primary character to appreciate or to find focus in. Yeah. Uh, I, also, some, I, I'm glad they didn't do subtitles because you know how I feel about subtitles. I don't yes. want to read a damn movie. But some of those German accents were were thick. They were thick. hard to understand. I put it. I put it on. Yeah. I uh, so I, I had to rewind several times to even understand what was being discussed. And for a dialogue driven movie, that's a nuisance. Last point. I know that at some level this is intentional in the plot. But this is by far the least Nazi security I've ever seen. The commander of the camp is supposedly like he hates the Nazis and he's sympathetic with the prisoners. So that makes some sense that he would let them get away with some things. But this commercial scale production of moonshine, they yeah. did do that in secret, apparently, in these camps. But this was they're pouring jugs of it out in the open and like all getting drunk in a Fourth of July parade that never would have happened anyway because there were no yeah. Americans there. Uh, they might Wouldn't be lenient, happened. but like this whole the whole premise of this camp was these are the most escape prone at risk prisoners that Germany has. But yeah, please, by all means, moonshine party. OK, then. So how loosely were the characters based on? The I didn't real do a characters. ton of research into that, but it is a movie that, of course, says uh, at the start, this is a largely true story. A lot of characters are composites of multiple, but this stuff really happened. Uh I also found it to be completely silly that they just the Germans discover one of the tunnels and apparently have no curiosity or discipline about that whatsoever. There's no sweep of the camp to see if there's any more of this going on. There's no discipline taken against the people who the prisoners who live in those barracks. It's like, oh, man, the entire purpose of this camp was just undermined. Go about your business. And the prisoners themselves commit to an increased effort after that. Well, now we're going to dig round the clock after they uncovered yeah. our tunnel. How are there's the Germans are, I guess I'm supposed to believe they're just the guy running the camp is not, he hates the Nazis. So he lets them do whatever they want, but 
why is he running the camp then? We need we have a very important camp at which security is of the utmost importance. Put the guy who hates Hitler in charge of it. Put the guy who loves the prisoners and you know I I don't know. I'm I'm sure I'm probably not being completely fair. There's probably some nuanced reason for this where the guy hates the Nazis so much that he's actually sneaky about it and he undermines them without completely exposing it. Just the whole premise of the camp seemed like a mess to me. It seemed like complete nonsense. So it's somewhat reassuring. In other words, uh, it was an extremely boring and drawn out way to learn just a few mediocre pieces of history and philosophy. So it is a two wiki movie Ooh. for me. Wiki, wiki. It's definitely a no for me, dog. And I know that I'm going to be in the minority on that result. In fact, early vote loves this movie. Some 80% oh, saying four and five. So, yeah, I mean, I gave it a four. <laughs> that's all right. Bring on the hate. Uh, but uh, I don't know. I, I, I try not to decide early on. Like decide in the first half of a movie. I hate this movie because every once in a while a movie changes my mind in the latter half or in cases like uh what's the Vietnam uh, full metal jacket where I really liked yeah. the first half and then the second half kind the of second stopped. half fell apart. Yeah. I, it was I, the opposite with this. I try. Yeah. This had a stronger close than start, but I try not to let myself decide too early on. This sucks and get committed to that. But man, I lasted about an hour and a half in this movie without committing to that. If you, if I, if, if I, if it sucks after an hour and a half and there's still an hour and a half to go, I'm sorry. I got I got nothing for you. All right. Next week is uh, Rear Window. Another classic movie, Alfred Hitchcock. So your your request uh, is granted once again. Thank you, guys. I've seen this movie many times. Remaining nominees for the month from listener Tom N. Include Dances with Wolves, 310 to Yuma, the 2007 version, The Descent, The Flight of the Phoenix, Hell or High Water, uh, or of course, and flight of the Phoenix is the 1965 version, by the way, or of course you can reject the list and vote for a randomly selected top rated movie. Instead, as a reminder, if you'd like to read my movie reviews, comment how wrong I am, submit your own rating, vote for the next movie and sign up for the chance to be the movie nominator for the month. The one and only place to do it is my weekly movie review column linked in the description and over on the website. That is Matt Christensen media dot com all right uh we'll close out with chat as always we left off Ooh. on uh zach log the great okay oh, i i came to your kid's birthday party smashed all the presents took a crap on the cake and backed over your cat on the way out but you called me mean names when i left so amnesty <laughs> for more deep thoughts look up zach log z-a-k-l-o-g the great on youtube amnesty granted zach log we yep. all make mistakes sometimes Yep, yep, yep. Fedor Mephitis. Oh, thanks for supporting the show. Andy D says, reminder, even if you don't vote for state or federal, you should still vote local. School boards and judges will have a major effect on your lives and children. They can't fix them all. That's a fair point, too. Even if you are very discouraged about sending certain people to D.C. and thinking that D.C. is going to fix the problem, which I have a lot of my own skepticism about that there are a lot of uh, important races in your community, in your County that uh, you, you should probably look into Robin. How do you feel about voting for, for local elections? Is that yeah, fine, whatever. I'm still not going to do it. it. I'll allow it. Yeah. Right. Robin D. Banks says democracy is on the ballot. 
but it's in that uh, SpongeBob style alternating caps font. So I don't, I don't, I, you know how that sounds. I don't need to read it that way. Someone should just remind the Dems that they're in charge now. How have things gone to hell this badly on their watch? And who is at fault when they have total government control? Well, that's easy. Putin. Have you not been listening? It's 100% Putin. (laughs) Robin. Robin. Thank you, Robin. Metal Rules uh, V or 5 says, remember to let all your Democrat friends know to vote on November 9th. Well, that's misinformation. You can't do that. You'll get banned on Twitter. Thank you, Metal Rules. Ooga Booga Lou says, a wise man once said, the only tool you have is a hammer. Or when the only tool you have is a hammer, every problem looks like Paul Pelosi's stupid drunk face. Hold on, that certainly is deserving of a rim shot that I don't have handy, but will deliver nonetheless. Uh, Daniel Yeager, thank you, Ooga Boogaloo. Daniel Yeager says, replace the voter's choice with the donor's choice as the highest value with regards to Democrats. P.S. What's Mark Elias been up to lately? That's true. The old uh, Hillary lawyer, right? Or am I confusing yeah. him with someone else? Wait, let me look it up. Yeah, Mark Elias is, uh, he's uh, hes the dude who, um, yeah, he was uh, yeah, formerly involved at Perkins Coie. Yeah. Oof, this guy's face. Yikes. <laughs> I suppose that's a rough draw. Um, Speaking of, he kind of looks like Brian Stelter. What's Brian Stelter been bit. doing? A uh, little Jay Owen. Uh, is, did you go to Evan Valenta? Uh, in my list, it's Shaniqua up next, but yeah, Shaniqua and Evan. Uh, Shaniqua, I'm all for the pandemic amnesty, but with one requirement, we must also have an amnesty for all of history deal. P.S. Matt and I will never have a bedroom amnesty because he just loves being hammered on body cam. Gross. Uh, that footage is never coming out, just like Paul Pelosi's uh, body cam footage. Sealed up forever. <laughs> Xander, I don't know what's worse, Republicans voting for someone as horrible as Oz or Democrats voting for some, in someone with brain damage. What's going on in Pennsylvania? I know, right? Yeah, pr- probably Fetterman, but uh, is it true that Oz has dual Turkish citizenship? I heard that. Ooh, is that correct? I hate that. I, I know don't he know. was Turkish, but does he still have Turkish citizenship? Yikes. I don't know. Um, Eric Burns, Marsh Blonde, when you mentioned AOC's features, you forgot to mention that big juicy tail. I, Alex Stein is so funny. I love his Instagram brings me just pure joy. Pure joy. He's had a lot of... Uh, Look at that big ass. Look at that big juicy booty. He's had a lot of hits. Yeah, Hard to deny. Mark Wiseman. Dems say that Americans don't know the meaning of inflation. However, they named their budget reconciliation bill the Inflation Reduction Act of 2022. Oh, yeah. Why didn't, didn't that occur to us? They, um, they have explained that, by the way. The inflation reduction doesn't turn on until next year, apparently. Oh, got, got it. It's coming. We'll see what happens. Look forward to that. Robin D. Banks, we're on the verge of a brutal authoritarian system if they win, as if it's not already here, like Mitch McConnell has a big uh, red gas gas everyone (laughs) button to push if the Republicans take Congress. Uh, He would get blonde's vote. You can't vote in Kentucky, but you get what I mean. If if Mitch McConnell pledged to gas the anything, blonde would probably be (laughs) motivated to turn out. Yeah. yeah, really. Laurel, my mat went to bed early, so I'm watching the show on my computer, which means I can participate in the chat. I got here late, so I started at the beginning, and I'm watching at 1.5 speed, catching wow. up. I bet our voices are so annoying. She also... Thank you, Laurel. She also said, my Matt and I are exhausted from campaigning. He's running for council president, effectively mayor, while I'm running for council member. We've got a very good shot of winning. That's awesome. Good, good for I'm, you, Laurel. I'm glad to hear it. You know, you you inspire me, Laurel, not only because you're getting uh, you're getting involved at the local level, which is very important, but when we discussed this the last time that you mentioned it, it's like <laughs> I, I, 
I put out this. I, I often think like I could never achieve the, that sort of thing because I have too many damaging things that I've said on the Internet. But like there's Maybe. Laurel. Laurel's doing a, a stream of damaging commentary on the on the Internet every single weekend. And she's out That's there true. succeeding anyway. So there's yeah. Laurel showing you not only how to make a difference at a local level, but how to talk shit on the Internet and get away with it as well. And, well, people uh, like people like that because yeah. you can you can trust somebody that's destroyed their reputation voluntarily. Yeah. So not Stem- only is Laurel doing it, she's undermining my excuses while she does. And credit credit where due. I hope you guys are well and all the best. Uh, let us know how it goes. I assume that election is on Tuesday, right? So let us know how it goes. Stephen Wellis. Hey, 242 crew. Remember that if Dems win more seats in the Senate, then the assault weapons ban that passed the House back in September will likely pass completely removing the Second Amendment. <laughs> uh, wait, wait, wait. Uh, I'm not sure. Sh- the assault crew. weapons ban. Do uh, if they get more seats in the Senate, the assault weapons ban that passed the House back, it's, oh, likely will pass completely removing the Second Amendment. Yeah, but they'd have to, well, they'd have to undo the filibuster, but they've said that they're willing to. Uh, yeah. So... Yeah, it could conceivably happen. Uh, I would like to think that they would be more restrained, but uh, they're not. And I, I wish they would have been more restrained on just about everything that they did. Yet here we are. So, yeah, that's a that's a fair yep. point. Hal Edwards, anyone who might have voted for beat off won't after watching him dance. Yeah, maybe they're like, oh, oh, beat off is better white. Beto. That took Beto. me a second. <laughs> Daniel Yeager, political yeah. consultations and fat fashion cons- consultants political consultants and fashion consultants are basically interchangeable. Fetterman in a hoodie is just as cringe as selling Bain Capital, Mitt Romney and plaid shirt and blue jeans. That's probably true. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'm fine with that. Do I, Chris, what's the Mitt Romney equivalent of the lumpy neck though? I don't know. I have to think about it. Thank you, Daniel. Well, Michelle Obama has her giant penis. (laughs) Indisputably. Yeah. Indisputably. Chris says Democrats know a thing or two because they fortified an election or two hundred. Are they up to two hundred now? That's a pretty good number. You not twenty twenty to... though. That one was not fortified in any way, Susan. Yeah, really. You want to take over? Uh I gotta refresh actually. Where'd you leave? JM off? Trump is using reverse psychology on Democrats so they won't hate vote against him. Why the name was lame. Mmm. Okay. Jaden, the abortion obsession is because they they convert fetal tissue to biochar, which can be made into biodiesel or fertilizer, as well as nanoparticles from vaccines. Mm. Is that true? At this point, I'm ready to believe it. There's kind of there's probably some uh, harvesting going on that uh, we only know a little bit about. I wouldn't be surprised. Whitwat. Tomorrow is my birthday. Tuesday, I work in the election polls in Pennsylvania. Wednesday, I watch the collapse of the republic. It's going to be a fun week. I'm in a deep red county and I see a lot of Fetterman signs because everyone is retarded. Godspeed the collapse. Well, if you have any tales from Pennsylvania, send them my way and uh, happy birthday. And that is quite a week indeed. I, uh, I hope the latter part of it goes better than your forecast, but yeah, I, I, I am preparing for a similar fate myself. So we'll see. Uh, Liberty bell. Trump is making the same mistakes and, uh, well, DeSantis is beholden by neocon money. Best bet is vote for gridlock in D.C. and strengthen your state. That's uh, that's probably true. Yeah. If D.C. can be completely paralyzed and we have power through that method re- restored to the states, that's, I suppose, a win. Uh, P. Daniel Todd says PSA flu shots are now being made with mRNA tech. I did I not read know that. that. Yeah. Huh. Trav to the world. 
read the amnesty article. It's about peace between those calling for various degrees of mandates and lockdowns. Those of us opposed to those things are still criticized and aren't who she means by we. Yeah, I think it's, um, it's fair to say that, that I think the piece is trying to be like kind of both sides about it. It's like, uh, these people did that. We did this. Let's call a truce. Yeah. And there's kind of a, uh, at least in, in the way that I read it, there's sort of a, an equivalence there. It's like, uh, being skeptical about the vaccine is the same thing as, I don't know, forcing the, uh, what she views, not me, what she views Susan as the busted J and J vaccine on everybody. Yeah. yeah. But, um, but yeah. Uh, thank you, Trav. Incompetent hands, three. Matt, uh, when Blonde says something, she shouldn't bleep it. I keep rewinding thinking I missed something. Blonde, when it comes to corsets, for God's sake, uh, be the change you want to see in the world. Yeah, follow the Obama advice. Yeah. Start wearing a corset. Uh, fine. <laughs> I, that's, well, speaking of effort, that sounds like high effort. Sean, uh, Sean Garvey says, I heard the guy who sent the anthrax to Carrie Lake was a friend and wearing underwear and sealed the envelope with a hammer while repeatedly, repeatedly asking, where's Carrie? Is this, are, is this actually, we're going with Carrie Lake uh, hoaxed herself? Yeah, right. I like it. All right. It's, if it's the hoax wars, then uh, I guess this is what we're doing. They set the rules, not us. Spicicle or no, spicy ice. How did I read that as spicicle? Spicy ice, right? Found Matt's channel from a Ben Shapiro video. Boo. So I guess that despite what Kanye says, they... <laughs> what? Who's that? I guess what Kanye says, they are good for something. Love the videos. <laughs> Keep it up. You're an asshat. I disavow, but thank you. Thank you for coming this way from uh, the Susan recommendation. Appreciate that. <laughs> Chris Chang says, enjoying the show while I demo my kitchen, bettering myself and my house for my family is hard, but I know it'll be worth it. Also, is the Utreon page yours or is somebody uploading your videos to it? No, it should be. What the be. hell is Utreon? It's another one of these uh, alternative video platforms. That's the one I understand the least. But I'm 99.9% sure I did create a, a Utreon channel, excuse me, that mirrors my YouTube channel. So yes, it is mine. I think... Although I probably haven't logged in in like two or three years, but I do have the password for it. I've never even heard of Utreon. If there's something malfunctioning about it, let me know. But as far as I'm concerned, it's there to mirror my videos and I leave it alone. Uh, let me do one more here. And good luck on your remodeling, by the way. Aaron yeah. Greco. Matt and I boned one time. Okay. After our pillow talk consisted of how upset he was about Brokeback Mountain not making the cut. Well... I mean, that, that latter part is accurate. But I don't know about the first part. You're acting queer. You want to take over? Logan or whatever. DGAF, I'm reading this. Black Hebrew Israelites are right. Practicing <laughs> okay. law, Darrell Brooks, and the dire need of a, a soccer camp. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> this... Really small headwear being worn. And then I won't read that last part. Yeah, this is uh, Logan. I'm surprised YouTube allowed that one, actually. that's uh, I, That seems more like a... It was crafty. I, yeah, I guess so. Uh, Daryl um, Brooks was a, a pretty interesting legal case study, though. I'm surprised that defense strategy totally. didn't work out. 
esoteric unbound democracy is on the ballot, given the new definition of democracy as ruled by Democrats that was agreed to when we redefined women as having dicks, marriage as having only dudes and libs as having a clue. Mm. <laughs> Long Don John, Madeline and I once made love. Her ID said, Matt, but who cares if it's good enough to cast a Fetterman ballot? It's good enough for me. Got pretty low standards there, thank Mr. You. Mr. Dong. Thank you for giving Aaron Madeline Greco. a chance. Um, thank you for that. Jacob says, Joy Reid says that Republicans like Trump are teaching flannel American rubes in Montana words like <laughs> sanctimonious. This cannot be allowed to continue. <laughs> uh, I, I, you know, I hadn't thought of us as flannel Americans, but that's um, my people are humble, proud people. And I like that description. I'm going to adopt that. I like to think <laughs> that I'm. I don't want to be one of those people that's like, oh, you, you, you big word using city boy or something like that. But sanctimonious is just not a commonly used word. It's just a, it's an awkward, lame word. It's not. A good I said word. it today. Unrelated. No, I've I never did. heard you say that in my entire life. Someone can find me on YouTube at some of the thousands of hours yeah. that I've talked online saying sanctimonious. All right. Eric Burns March, um, stop making an issue of DePappy's illegal status. I want my poutine signed Tibbets. Leave Molly's dad alone. Why? Jesus. He's suffered enough. Has he? He really has. I'm not yeah, even joking. I know, but you know, it's just the worst possible way. I'm telling you, if I'm murdered, pitchforks, mobs, I blood s- feuds. <laughs> I saw a great meme. I can't remember exactly what it said, but it it said something like. It it was a picture of a hand reaching out of a grave and it said like me when I'm killed by an illegal immigrant or something and my relatives (laughs) say not to make it political. And I immediately thought of you. That'll be you from beyond the grave. No, this, this must be as political as possible. A person person. What does this mean? What is this? An M A I O M L. Matt and I once made love. Oh, gotcha. It was a diverse love. It is undisputed that it was a richer and deeper love. There was a compelling state interest there. Paul Pelosi is a gay wonk. It's undisputed. It's been declared. Yeah, really. That was poetic. Thank you. I got news It really was. That means you're gay. You're gay. Thomas Bale, thank you. No, no. Let me reload. Uh, Thank you, Thomas. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Hold on. He said the... No, that's the wrong one. I meant to give him the... I am not going to be niggardly. Thank you. Thank you, Thomas. Uh, Semperad Meliora says, according to sources somewhere in Canada, Justin Trudeau, uh, once again, dressed in blackface this Halloween. He was also riding a ghost horse. I look forward to the screams of fact checkers. If it could be proven that Justin Trudeau was on top of one of those horses, that would be quite spicy. Yes. indeed. Yeah. Das Pooch says Matt's take on the great escape has finally killed my hope for him. He really is a dude, bro, who thinks culture is eating McDonald's and the storytelling in Call of Duty campaigns. Still love you, but Jesus Christ, lol. I invite the counter case, but I'm telling you, a lot of these old movies, people say they like them because they feel obligated to. I am of that opinion. I'm not saying there's no such thing as a good old movie, but it's like. Wow, that's exactly what I do with my review. I openly admit it. I feel obligated to give this. Yeah. I was so distracted while watching it too. It's, normally I give my full attention to the movie that we're watching. I did not do that. It's just, it's just not that good. And it's okay. It, that's okay. There, there is a such a thing, uh, such a thing as a shitty movie made in the sixties, you know? No. <laughs> uh, but seriously speaking, I, I invite the counter case. I actually do think that there's, 
as I mentioned, I mean, as I described, I think there are some things of value in there, but packaged in a horrendous way. I think it's just so drawn out and and made with made up a historical nonsense that doesn't really add that much. Like was the motorcycle jump that cool? I understand if you're of my parents generation and Steve McQueen is the cool guy in the sixties, but is it really cool now? And I'm sorry that I look at it from the the lens of today, but I just do. I, I can't honestly put myself in the perspective of someone watching it in 1963, 1964. I can only put it, I can only watch it from now. And I just, it's not that impressive. And it, really doesn't add that much to the story he drove across the countryside fleeing the nazis and the stunt work itself was kind of annoying like i gotta get away from these nazis but first some donuts like do you gotta go or not like what is this cool he's really good at riding their motorcycle all right thank you das pooch i don't mean to pick a fight i just mean to defend my perspective john says another complaint i have with your movie reviews is when you complain about the length and then use it as a metric of a good movie or not movies are time capsule of the era and they're made if you only see one a year you go to a three hour one and enjoy it now as i mentioned it's totally possible that the expectations were different at the time and as i'll clarify on time uh, the time of the movie it's not as though you must fit it in a specific amount of time for it to be good my complaint with this sort of movie is that it uses a bunch of time needlessly. There was so much dialogue and so much backstory that really didn't contribute to an understanding of what was going, what was going on in the escape itself, that it's just wasted time. And in something, don't get me wrong. I produce three hours of wasted time frequently. In fact, I've (laughs) somehow made a career of it. Thank you for supporting the show. I very much appreciate it. So it's not as though I, that can't be done. My problem is in a movie, something that sat down, thought about for a long time, edited, packaged together. Don't waste a moment of time. Every moment is precious. Every moment is a, a resource, a piece of what is supposed to be a masterpiece when you're all done. I don't feel like this hit that mark. I feel like there was at least an hour that contributed almost nothing to character development or the plot of actually leaving the camp. It's like, I get it. They put in a lot of effort. Great. They did a lot of can scooping. They did a lot of effort in dyeing uniforms. They forged papers. They tried to be tricky in ways X, Y, and Z. Is it really about that? Or is it about the escape itself? You can accomplish that in like 10 minutes of backstory. Instead, it's like an hour and a half plus. They really, they li- they don't start escaping the camp until an hour 50 in. I looked at the timestamp again when I was writing the review to make sure I had it right. Yeah. An hour 50 to get to the main point? No, Come you're on, right. Yep. As Joe Biden would say, I'm going to borrow the quote from the genius man himself. Come on, man. Come on, man. That makes me credible. Uh, who's up next? I think it's John. Oh, no, I just read John. Thank you, John, by the way. And I will say these sorts of uh, exchanges are one of the reasons I love doing the movie review, too. You know, like I appreciate that there are fiery but mostly peaceful views on both sides. Imperius says Gypsy is getting uh, out of prison soon. You guys should have him on. Oh, I, I forgot about that. Jeez, actually, he's been in for a while. Who? I don't know who that is. I probably it should. It was this guy... Oh man, he's somehow related to Catboy Cammy or like, huh? What is it? I gotta look this up. Okay, Go you ahead. find out who it is, and I will uh, carry on. Knuckle Hunky Buck says to all my comrades, Happy Veterans Day this Friday. Be sure to leave cookies and milk out on Thursday, uh, Thursday night for George Washington. Well, Happy Veterans Day indeed. 
And uh, I didn't know that was a tradition, but sounds like a good one. Esoterica Unbound. Donald Pleasance was actually a POW in World War II. The badassery of that alone should be worth another point. In that vein, you should watch To Hell and Back, in which Audie Murphy plays Audie Murphy, Nazi killer. So one of the actors was an actual uh, POW? That's a fact I didn't know, but that's kind of interesting. Uh, He was that guy on Omegle that would do um, the Joker. Not Donald Pleasance, but... (laughs) but, uh, Gypsy Gypsy. Crusader. Yeah. Joker on Omegle. I don't know if I ever saw that. Oh, you you've definitely seen this guy, right? I oh, know he was so Catboy, funny, but I don't know. He, that one. No, no, no. He wasn't related at all to Catboy Cammy, but it was kind no. of the same gig. That's why I am. Um, okay. He got arrested for some bullshit and he's been in jail for how long? Um, tell uh, Im- Imperious, if you can email me, if you know, well, number one, just like what happened to him. And number two, what his contact info is, uh, perhaps we can make it happen. Thanks for uh the recommendation, of course, for supporting the show. And thank you for the information, Esoteric, and for supporting the show as well. Chris Chang says, no, 99% of the time, Utreon works well. It, it's just not there live. Blonde, it's a replacement for Patreon. Uh, oh. So they have tiered subscriptions. They've been doing a lot of improving in the past year. Maybe I'll have to go and revisit it because I haven't checked it out in a while. Um, they don't do or do, as far as I'm aware, they don't do live. But if they do live, I would, in theory, be able to send the stream there. Uh, oh. I'll have to check that out. Okay, one quick refresh. Uh, I think we are all done. Do you have anything after Chris, or are we all set? Nope, I'm good. Okay, uh, I think we're good on D Live as well. Yeah, thank you guys over on D Live. Appreciate that. Anything else before we call it a show? No, thank you guys for joining us. Well, uh, we appreciate your company as always, guys. Thank you for hanging out with us. Thank you for your super chats, homosexual in nature or otherwise. Thank you. For your uh, other chats, keeping us in touch with the facts, and thank you for your passionate defense of the piece of crap that was The Great Escape. Never watch it again. Uh, as a reminder, if I haven't pissed you off enough with my Great Escape review, we'd love to have you back on Tuesday night for an election special in which my entire faith in the system will be crushed once and for all. So do tune in. My friend Frank will be here. We'll take some of your calls. We'll watch the Republic collapse. Our democracy will be restored, depending on your perspective. Whatever. Tuesday night, 9 p.m. Hope to see you here. Anything else uh, show-related, check out the website. Tuesday night, yeah, 9 p.m. Eastern. I didn't want to get the time right. Check out the website for anything else, mattchristiansonmedia.com. We'll be back on Sunday after that, because if it's Sunday, sorry, Chuck Todd, it's not Meet the Press. It is The Matt and Blonde Show. Have a great night. Mm-hmm.